be on the dugout. Lay some up and we run out. Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out. Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this. Hit it so hard, you be running around the bases. Do it for your teammates, do it for the fan. Do it for your city, true ballers understand. You gotta work together, you gotta find a way. Put your body on the line and make that play. Be on the dugout. Lay some up and we run out. Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out. Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this. Hit it so hard, you be running around the bases. Be on the dugout. Be on the dugout. Be on the dugout. Be on the dugout. Well, kia ora koutou katoa and welcome to Beyond the Dugout here on the 28th of May. Great to have you along for it. I'm Jason Goobies, a.k.a. Chopper and ever present with me, my co-host in this one, Damien Collins. G'day, mate. G'day, people. How are we this week? Fantastic on my side, but I tell you why it's fantastic for me. It's great to be back in the 09 here at the YRL Sports Bar, bud. Yeah. Welcome back. Well, it's always good to be back, mate. Come in, uh, get a cold of the red stuff, and uh, pay my respects to V-Man's uh, jersey on top, of the, on top of the bar. Not only that, but of course, being in the 09, it's about nine degrees warmer than Wellington. <laughs> Yeah, no, fair, fair call, mate. That's <laughs> <laughs> great to be have you up here, Damien, anyway. Uh, mate, last week, fantastic uh, interview with uh, Kitty Shaw. What a legend of the game, of course, an Olympian, but I'm really excited about what she's doing with the uh, female side of the game now as the uh, junior White Sox coach. Yeah, no, she's, uh, if, if anyone have in that, in that spot of the junior White Sox is someone that's been through it, and especially from a junior, you know, one one junior, five worlds, wasn't it, or something like that. So, you know, she's been through the ranks. She's seen it. She's done it. So it's uh, it's good that she's passing on in, the, in that role. Funny story about Kitty. Got a text from here today. Mm-hmm. Chopper, next time you're coming down uh, from Auckland, can you bring a puppy with you? <laughs> I'm like, what? You want me to put it like my carry-on or something? She's like, no, no, no. When you next time you drive down, I say, okay, yeah, I'll figure it out. But, but remember, you run the risk. My kids may not let go of that puppy. No, you, your kids love dogs. They, Absolutely, they are great with them as well. I love when your kids are around my ones. Yeah, indeed. So they are Kitty Shaw, a great episode last week, and she's got a new puppy on the way in Chopper's car next time coming down uh, from Auckland. Mate, it's been a, a busy week this week, obviously coming back to Auckland, but the sport has been good this week. Let's start with the basketball here domestically first. Your Saints, do they even know how to lose? No, we don't. No, we haven't actually. Oh, no. See, it's the old uh, jinx. You don't want to do it. And, but no, um, Undefeated. Yeah, undefeated this year, but we haven't lost a game since uh, I think it was the final in 2018. If, so Jordan, if it takes it that hard to remember, yeah, it's not bad. I know, not bad, eh? Uh, Jordan Mills was sitting next to me when I was at doing my court sign announcing on Friday, and he turns to me, he goes, man, I'm 28 and 0. I looked at him, what are you doing me, telling me that for? <laughs> like, you know, you just, I'm just, you know, I, I'm, yeah, I'm a, I'm a sports announcer, I'm a sports commentator, but I'm also a massive sports fan. So, like, you know me, mate, I've got to wear the colour shoes with the jersey and all that stuff, so... Yeah, don't don't want to jinx it, but undefeated with five and zero. Oh, so yeah, you were there on Friday night, so you got to see the spectacle it, that it is. So yeah. every time I've been, they've been undefeated. Well, funny of that because they're undefeated all funny the time. That. Yeah, so, yeah, no, it is pretty good. I, I've noticed the teams, and I'm sure it's going to tighten up as you get towards the back end of the season there. But the, um, they they come out, they look competitive with each other. But boy, you know, from halftime onwards, the Saints are really in their own frame. Yeah, the, this week we 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 thought we were going to be pushed a bit more this week um, up against the Bulls, but hey, it is what it is. You know, the 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 Saints will march on onto the next week. We've got Huskies who are second on the table. 
uh, this week, and then we've got the boys are away for two weeks. So, um, yeah, I'll be I'll be walking around the house announcing the dogs into the living room with the boys away. But um, yeah, I, I love the competition this year and, and seeing the boys um, at Wellington again after us missing out last year is pretty cool. Yeah, very cool indeed. The um, the Trans Tasman rugby competition we can just go mm. straight over that today <laughs> because it's so easy. New Zealand win all their matches again, five and zero both weeks. Mm. Aussie can't get a victory. Yeah, well, luckily we're not playing the conference system, eh? <laughs> With uh, <laughs> who would be top of uh, yeah. Australia going through to the final because uh, that would just be unfair. Yeah. So um, yeah, ten and zero. Let's just yeah. Sorry, nice. guys. Warriors, though, mate, good win for them over my uh, – everyone has two clubs in the rugby right. league, right? Yeah. Like, my first club is the Balmain Tigers. It's the West Tigers now. That's who the Warriors played last week. Six tries to four, but uh, the young fullback there, Reese Walsh, the phenom coming through. He gets Sorry, he gets a start at fullback over to Avastashek uh, in a starting role, and they seem to be rolling. They moved him to the wing, I, I saw. Yeah, 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 until Master Sheik's on the wing. He's second in the Daily M uh, points table. Mm. And he's uh, he's over to the wing. Not demoted to the wing because mm. he's an amazing athlete, right? And uh, they can slot in and out as they feel as it goes through. But, you know, the Tigers are a good uh, ball club. Uh, they had the trader, Tamo. Scored the last <laughs> try, but just too late. Couldn't yep. come back against the Warriors. And a great win for the Warriors. Awesome. A uh, question, why Tigers? Why, why did you pick them? I'm always interested to ask, like, like your Dodgers. How how yeah. the Dodgers? How is that your team? Because yeah. obviously you're not from LA. Both of them real easy. Although, yeah. have you heard Chopper's American accent, people? <laughs> Calm now down. that's a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's just because I haven't caught a World Cup in India. Calm down. Um, <laughs> but no, the, the the both of them are easy. You asked about two teams. Um, the West Tigers was yeah. my brother was living in Sydney when he came back. He introduced nice. me to the game. Uh, the other one was uh, the Dodgers, the first softball team I played for. And uh, um, we talked about this on, um, on the first po- uh, podcast, yeah. how I got a starting game to a senior. His club was called the Dodgers. Oh. And uh, and then when I heard about baseball eventually as I was growing up, I was like, I wonder if there's a Dodgers team. Sure enough, there was one in LA, and I've been a fan of them since. Yes, you are. You're hearty as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, talking about the Dodgers, man. Whoo, thank goodness the train wreck is over. They're now 11 and 1 in the last, uh, sorry, one, yeah, 11 and 1 in the last uh, 12 matches, vic- 11 victories. So the right of the ship now back uh, level pegging with San Diego in their division. So they're looking good again. Um, and so is the baseball. So that's, so that's good uh, indeed. Too good. NBA? Finals time. I know you were. I'm not going to say you were gun shy. I was a little gun shy last week. Yes. So how's it all shaking down the Wizards? Well, I mean the the Wizards. Yeah, the Wizards. Did, um, they they took out a spot. They're in they're yeah. in eight spot. How the hell did that happen? Russell Westbrook. He's um yeah him and Bill. They're a good team. They're a good team, and they just grinded out and they got their eight spot against. But they got a big ass against Philly. Of course, massive getting yeah. that one spot, and you know with Embiid, Simmons, Curry. I mean. Harris, yeah, they're they're a stack lineup that seventy sixes, so it'd be a big ask. But hey, if anyone can do it, is Westbrook. Hey, wouldn't it be um, pretty good if he went went right through and took on KD at the end? Even though hopefully KD loses to the Celtics. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, all eight spots are sorted now. So LeBron playing possum this week. <laughs> <laughs> Me, oh, he's a shocker, isn't he? I love the dude to bits, yeah. but. 
mate, he, when he goes down, mate, give him a give him a canopy award. And nine times out of ten, within half an hour, you'll see a meme of it. No, Jake, he's one of those blokes that give us a bad rap, man. You know how yeah. all the women say to us, oh, he's got man flu, and you yeah. know, like you're dying yeah. Yeah. and stuff. What's up with that dude? You know, you twist your ankle or something. Come on, get up and play. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, he didn't. Well, he said his arm went out or something, twisted or whatever. But yeah, slow mo didn't do him any justice, you know. And um, especially after CP3 going down early in the game and then coming back, you know. And first time in uh, playoff history that they played each other and good mates, year seven, year 18 and year 16. So nah, some, some good, good. Um, Good vets that are still around, you know, um, Carmel and Anthony's still in there, but the next generation coming through, man, the the Trey Youngs, the Luka Doncic, you know, uh, mate, the next level and the, the, the game's in good hands over there, for sure. Fantastic. Well, buddy, uh, uh, before we get on to our guest this week, I uh, just want to say thank you to the Warrior Sports Bar, Alan Vaughan, Scuppy, yep. and the crew here, not only for the free beers, but, but a great <laughs> venue uh, to, to stage our podcast on the shore. And I think what we should do, dude, is we should open it up for some people to come along to witness those Ooh. podcasts as well. Then we can maybe get a question from the crowd. I mean, I love it. I love it. Like we've got, you know, you know, you and I, we can we can stream anything. So yeah, what what's uh, chucking a couple of seats down and and having a bit more open? We'd have to work around the sound and how we listen to each other and stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm sure we can figure figure that all out. We sure can, man. We sure. And can. and another idea. Yeah. You know, if 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 you guys out there have a club legend or something you want to talk to, mate, let's let's suit up the Hilux and let's go to that club and do it in the club. Yeah. Anywhere great, in the country. Great idea. Great I mean, idea. of course, we'll have to sort out our sponsorship by then and how we're selling our caps and all that stuff. But, you know, it's an idea. I, I, I'd love to go into it in a club. I love clubs. Love them. I do indeed. Well, we've got a, uh, a great uh, athlete coming on the uh, <laughs> this episode here. My from first a, club. Yeah, from a very good club in Mount Alba Ramblers, isn't it? My very it? first one. Nathan Nukunuku, man, what do you say about this guy? I mean, he has achieved everything uh, in the game, especially with the Black Sox and then especially domestically, arguably the most decorated athlete and coach domestically in New Zealand. What do you say about Nathan? That's, he's not going to tell us shortly anyway. Um, I love that the man has played at the top of, top level of all top levels, but has no bones about it that he wants to make every level like that. You know, he wants his Ramblers side to act exactly like the the Black Sox, you know, that, that, that set up, be professional and how you approach the game and you're not just there to just turn up and do the trainings or whatever, you're there to win titles, etc. So I, 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 I love what he preaches. I've listened to him in a few beer tents over the last few years and... And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm no holds barred. It's no, it's no breakfast with um, <laughs> Duncan Garner or anything here, mate. Nooks uh, <laughs> can say whatever he wants. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, that's what we want on this podcast, and mm. we want honesty, we want openness, and if you feel like being honest, dropping out something <laughs> that's maybe a little controversial, yeah. we're going to give that free reign to Nathan tonight. Absolutely. And if Nate wants to text me later on to take something out, happy days. Yeah. But yeah, no, Not this coming. is the platform <laughs> and we want the feels, you yeah. know, we're honest people in the yeah. sport and it's, it's pretty, pretty straight up sport. You can't hide a lot of things. So, um, yeah, if he wants to tell us a few 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 things, then let's go. <laughs> I got the feeling that Nathan Nukunu is going to tell us all about his career. We know that for sure, but he's going to drop a few 
bombshells in this episode. I can't wait. He's been outspoken a little bit at times. A boy, a boy, his game matches it, and I can't wait to get him. Should we get to him? Absolutely. Let's go. Let's go. Well, Nathan Nukunuku, synonymous name, Auckland icon, New Zealand icon of the game of softball here in New Zealand. Great to have him along here at Beyond the Dugout, which is so privileged to have the man who's played so many test caps, actually the highest test caps for the Golden Homes Black Sox, well over 200 test caps indeed, but just simply outstanding, or 140 test caps I should say, 200 games. Man, his career has been long, 20 years in the Black Sox, 26 years playing Premier Ball, Nathan Nukunuku, thank you for taking the time. No, thanks Chop, and thanks Damien for, for welcoming me here. Welcome mate. Yeah, thanks, thanks. for this. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for turning up for them. Yeah. <laughs> Should we have a yarn? Of course. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Well, I tell you what, uh, as we just alluded to, is some of the uh, career stats for Nathan Nukunuku. Mate, it's been phenomenal to watch your career, and obviously I didn't get to see maybe the early stages of your career, I'm not saying you're old. I'm not saying you're young either, but no, no, but man, the stuff that you've done over a lifetime, boy, that could fill just like two books. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a pretty um, long and successful career. Um, yeah, shows what, um, what happens if you can put your mind to something and, and you want to achieve and yeah, I've been lucky enough to, to be around great people my whole, my whole, not just life and my whole sporting career. So I've been, yeah, I've been blessed on that side of things. Talking about uh, being around good people, man, let's start on the right foot here. North here, queer, where are you from? Yeah, so um, uh, originally from uh, Hawke's Bay, as I was born, um, but uh, my old man's from um, Tikitiki, so brought up on the East Coast, and my old lady's from Waipukaro. Nazi Paro. Nazi Paro, yep, and then, yeah, obviously I've got uh, my older brothers, uh, Dion and, and Izzy, and, and my oldest uh, sister, um, Tina, and then I've got my um, my family with uh, Katrina, my wife, and Aika, Kiwa, and, and Mahina. Yeah, two boys. Gil comes third. Boy, you struck gold on the... Th- hey, there's no three strikeouts here for Nathan Nukunuku, is there? Yeah, well, we, <laughs> I won't go into the full story of that one, but, yeah, look, when we got this, when the second boy popped out, I knew I was in trouble, and, and, <laughs> and Trina would want to go again, and we sort of looked at the dates, because she's still got, um, you know, uh, aspirations to go further in, yep. in her career, and she's given up this part of her career to, to have our babies, and... Um, yeah, we managed to, to lucky enough to, to um, get Mahina into this world and and lock that chapter off. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, eight is Rakai, and then uh, Kiwa one, and, and Mahina, of course, just uh, just seven months old. But well, how's that? How's the household with a seven month in there? Busy. Yeah, she's good. She's good. She got a good whack on the head yesterday, so she's uh, <laughs> sporting a pretty big bump on the head. But um, no, no, they, they're good kids. And um, Raika, the older boy, he's. He's a definitely a third parent for us, and um, yeah, he's a special kid. And yeah. Talk a little bit about your partner now, uh, Katrina. She, uh, she obviously comes from a Sopple family as well. Correct, yeah. So from the Stockfords, um, sort of based out of Levin in, in the Hutt Valley. So Trina's won a lot. Um, she's probably one, one player in New Zealand. Uh, her and her, her uh, teammates from Te Aroha and, and Hutt Valley that, yeah, probably have won nearly as much as what I've done. So um, she's been very successful in her career, and congratulations to her for that. Is there a room in the house with all the trophies or a few boxes up in the nah, room? I'm, I'm pretty bad like that, eh? Like, so, like, even, like, we had the prize giving uh, for Ramblers the other week. I, I usually just get the trophies and put them back in the office. Like, I don't, 
I've sort of too worried to damage them, I guess. Like um, back in, in our family home um, when we grew up, mum and dad had a big trophy uh, sort of cabinet and a photo wall, so we had a lot going on downstairs with that, and that was pretty cool. It's interesting to think about that now, like that it was there, but I've sort of um, everything's in drawers and boxes for me, and I, I guess you know one day when I can really sit down and look at it, maybe I brush them up and put some frames on them and all that kind of stuff, but no, no nothing that sort of hangs around unless it's sort of there to keep a door open or something like that. Like <laughs> <laughs> you just got a world yeah, title okay. trophy. I'm just keeping the door open here. Yeah, come on in. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> well, you need it. Well, you do work for Placemaker, so the man cave is going to be mint when you get round to it. Yeah, when I get round to it. But, yeah, it's yeah. right now it's all about the kids. So, yeah, let's get them sorted first. Well, talking about kids and, and growing up, Bud, where, where, where was that? Yes, yeah, so I grew up um, I grew up in two spots. So as, you, as from one to seven – Born to seven years old, I was in Hawke's Bay, so in Flaxmere. So obviously that's where Dion and, and, and my older um, siblings sort of cut their teeth in softball. And um, mum mum was really big in Hawke's Bay softball down there. Yeah. Uh, that's where the old man learned how to how to coach and all that sort of sort of jazz. So I didn't play too much softball down there. I, I remember going to the, to Arkina and just walking around and trying to jump on a team for anyone. Um, an interesting story there. I remember jumping on a team and back then I was actually a right handed hitter. Um, so I hit right-handed, and mm-hmm. then in this one game we played, um, we were wasting the other team, and the coach said for all of us to go the other hand just to give them a shot, and I went left-handed and was just as good right-handed, and then after that I pretty much stayed left-handed and went, I'll, I'll just stay on this side now because everyone better the other side, so I wanted to be special and jump on the other side. But I didn't play for a proper team until I come up um, to Auckland, and, and we come to Auckland when I was seven, moved into... Uh, up to Manurua, out mm-hmm. South Auckland. What was the what was the reason for the move for the whanau to come to Auckland? Yeah, just work. So the old man I used to work at Fakatu Freezing Works, yep. and that shut down. Um, so we moved up here. Mum got a good job with Velcro New Zealand. It mm-hmm. was a flash thing back then when Velcro yeah. first came yep. out. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, she got a job there. The old man was with um, with a shoe company. Um, it's back in the days we used to actually make shoes in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, now they all get imported from China, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so we come up for that um, for work, and I think Dion stayed in, in, in Hastings. Uh, he was one of the prefix and, and uh, leaders in Hastings Boys High in first fifteen. So he stayed down there, and, and he actually lived with the principal uh, wow. for, for the year yeah. um, until he broke his neck in a rugby game, and then we had to go down and bring him back up to Auckland. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we were in, in Manurewa. I played for Manurewa Marlins uh, mixed softball. A girls and, and boys team yep. and we were there for a year uh, and then we moved to, to Otara and my brother came up and um, obviously he had been kind of uh, tapped on the shoulder from Marist uh, with Eddie Kalassi and them and uh, they had seen him in Hawke's Bay at a tournament and said to him if you want to spot up in Auckland come play and so he went over and played for Marist and I went over and yeah just sort of was the bat boy and played in the junior grades and then yeah tried to catch him. Because the age difference between Dion and yourself? Ten years. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> bat boy when he first makes it in the top side. Yeah. But uh, knowing you, mate, that wouldn't have taken long before you get your chances as well. No, nah, but, but that was it, right? Like, being able to, like, and I still see that now with my kids, like, and I'm sure you with your kids, you see it, like, the, the, they just pick things up so easy. So, for me as the youngest, by the time I come around, there was nothing, you know, really that needed to be taught to me or that I wasn't already learning just by showing up to the park or by the family going, you know, down to the park on a Saturday or Sunday and, and doing stuff. So, yeah, I, I sort of always wanted to battle my brother Israel, um, who was five years older than me. Yeah. Um, and he was obviously trying to be like Dion. Um, they both look like each other now, so they both <laughs> succeeded. <laughs> 
Um, but that's yeah, handsome, I'll take it. You're talking about. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, look, that was that's been me from day dot. I've chased older guys, um, as I'm sure you'll touch on later on. But I've chased older guys ever since I was young, and yeah, kind of been the youngest. I don't know for many of the younger children out there or younger siblings in their family, you sort of feel left out half the time. So you want to try and catch up to the older ones as quickly as you can, and yeah, it's kind of yeah, something I did. Those early years, uh, Nathan, wh- why softball? Um, well, that was, it was pretty much that's everyone else was playing it, right? So, and, and Dion wasn't just playing it, he was succeeding in it. Like, mm. he was all up in the, in the newspapers and stuff. Like, he was quite famous for us in Hawke's Bay, and uh, especially as a young fellow, getting his name in, in, the, um, in the papers and stuff for how well he was going. Uh, my sister was really good at the sport, she excelled and played reps. My, like I said, Izzy was really good at it, he excelled and played reps. So, I didn't really have much of a choice, um, but if I'm really honest, like coming through as a youngster, I considered myself as a rugby player the whole the whole way through. I sort of probably took to the World Series in 2000 for me to view myself as okay, I'm going to play softball now. Like up until then, I was going to be an All Black. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. where sort of I wanted to be, but um, yeah, I mean, I got good chances in softball and and, and everything I've I've done in there, I've, I've, I wouldn't regret a thing, and yeah. If Nathan Nukunuku was going to become an All Black, what position? Uh, first five. Yep. Yeah, so I, I grew up as, well, actually when I came through, I was all over the place. So I started as open side flanker. Uh, they moved me to halfback. I was quite, it's interesting to say this now, but I was quite big for my age group. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't go anywhere. <laughs> but yeah, so I was open side flanker and I was, I was pretty, I mean, I come from Hawke's Bay. Like, yeah. And then coming to Auckland, <laughs> these fellas were playing like new image around the, Around the hips and stuff. Like, I just got the ball. First time I played up, up here at New Image, I had no idea what it was. They got the ball from the kickoff and just ran through everyone. <laughs> and I was like, why can't they tackle me? Put the ball down, they come back, they're like, no, 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 they touch you. I'm like, what is this? So <laughs> we lasted there for about a week and a half, and then my old man took me to the league up yeah. here in Auckland because you could tackle. So Dude, I did the same with my kids. Yes. Exactly. I'm a rugby guy. <laughs> Talked to me to the rugby when the first, so there was that ripper thing or whatever. I'm like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So, I, yeah, I didn't get used to that at all earlier on. And then... I guess you know is a thing to come for softball. Like the the older you could, the older the grades up here for rugby were tackle grades. So I went to from as a seven year old to the under tens and under elevens pretty quick to to get up there and tackle. But yeah, that was sort of the introduction up here for, for rugby. Well, we're glad you chose a uh, softball, my friend. Um, those early years uh, before we get to representative stuff, um, first starting with Auckland. Uh, who were some of the instrumental people uh, around the game for you? Yeah, so um, main one was, was Dean Rice. I mean, there's a few, but Dean Rice for me because he was that left-handed uh, hitter. <clears throat> Earlier in my career, I understood my speed. And, and um, although, like, so I played, I played up and down in the grades, right? So in the age groups that actually fit my age, I um, used to hit. So I would, I would use those games as, as being, and, and guys are my peers, I would show them I'm the best hitter in this grade, da da da. But as I moved up, I just worked on my short game, just putting the ball in play and, and understanding my role there. And Dean Rice was obviously massive in that respect. He was the number one slapper in the game back then, and um, he was quick. He had a great work ethic. Um, trainings under him were unreal. Like he was, yeah. There's not many more tougher trainings that I've had in softball outside of um, Dean Rice's trainings, like fitness-wise. Mm. He's a real, real hard, hard taskmaster. So, and, and like I said, I was, I was a rugby dude. So for me, I'm like, this is, this is awesome. This is what I want to do. Um, so a lot around him, and then obviously, um, like guys like Eddie Kalassi, who 
I mean, Eddie was Dion's hero, so it wasn't quite my hero, but because Dion revered him so much, I sort of looked out for him. And then yep. there were some things that Ed said that you know, got me on my way as a young fella. But, I mean, Ed probably had more uh, sort of to do with me when I got um, into the into the, to the Black Sox side when he was the assistant coach. He probably had a lot to do there where I, I drew back to my experiences at Marist with him and I knew I could go to him. But he was very... Um, Aggressive, like so, he would teach a real uh, tough style of softball. So um, there was no, if anyone was around the base, you you didn't hit the base, you hit them, sort of thing. And yeah, that was the game back then, as you well know. Chop, it wasn't wasn't sort of um, as uh, nice as it is now. Um, and Ed was one of the first guys to push that. Uh, and then obviously my brother, um, you know, having Dion pretty much everywhere in that first few years in the prem grade every time things went went um went bad he was really good like Dion's a really um really nice older brother he's really a wanker like most others but he's quite nice and um yeah he was always there for me for that side of things so those three in particular um and then outside of those players I'd say the only the, the main other guys that step up are Eric Kalassi, who's it was Ed's dad. Yep. Um, so he coached me during the junior grades. Wow. Uh, and again, he was one of the guys behind me going to St Peter's College. Um, you know, halfway in my career, um, or my schooling career. Uh, and again, he was just straight no nonsense. So so from the from the the dot, my guys that I've got to follow are all aggressive, no nonsense, do the work. Um, People, so that's how I learned, and, I, and, I, and obviously from old man, I hadn't learnt how to quit just yet, um, because yeah, I just I didn't know that you could stop back then, you, you know, without getting a hiding for that way. So. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't stop, so yeah. That leads into a good question, Walter Nukunuku, your dad, man. What kind of sounding board was he like? Uh, I wouldn't say much of a sounding board because that means if you said something to him, he'd reply to you. <laughs> <laughs> he was more, he was more just an honest, honest, um, you know, just like a true north. Like you know, if it didn't matter how big you thought you were or if you thought you went well, he was always looking at the next, like okay, next, okay, next. So, i.e., one time I remember hitting a home run, coming around like high fiving everyone, yeah, yeah, sweet as, and he said to me right then he goes, okay, well let's see how good you are the next set, but. And they struck out the next fact He comes over and goes, well, take away the home run then, because it was a fluke. Yeah. Like, until you can come out the next one and do the same thing again, same thing again. So he was he was more of that kind of um, guy. Uh, Mum was more the, the sounding board, like the person I could talk to and, and ask her different things of how I did, you know, what, what I was doing. And, and she'd give me good feedback. We'd sit at the dinner table and, and talk quite a lot, me and the old lady. Um and then the old man would just yell out from the from the, from the lounge if he heard something, you know, yeah. not quite his. No, his you view. didn't. Yeah, yeah, not quite his view. But yeah, he was obviously a hard taskmaster, and the biggest things f- from him that he installed in, in, into into myself and, and likely to Dion as well was just doing the work. So we were always out, like you know, we were kids up at six in the morning going for runs and getting home from school, putting our our, our gloves on and getting some work in every day. So, and in, in winter we would be training for softball and soft and, and summer we'd be training for rugby. It's sort of that was how he, he had us going, and I guess back then you didn't have a lot of things. Um, you know, there was a lot of and, and look. I heard Wayne talk, the, the, you know, the other week about um, his rough upbringings, and look in the eighties and that it was all around us, like yeah. that kind of stuff. And yeah. and and I was growing up in Otara, um, which was pretty much the king capital of Auckland at that time. Um, and look, I had friends, and I've st- and I've, I've got many friends that um, were at school that have you know passed away or have lo- have lost their lives, and that and that. Um, life and 
there was no way my old man was going to let us get involved in any of that. And we had no chance of, of trying to get involved in any of that. And that's what I can look back now and thank him for. You know, back then you probably, you know, oh, but I want to go out with my mates and da-da-da. And it was, nah, you're not going anywhere, mate. You're, you're staying here. Yeah. And that's, you know, you just go in your room and have a cry and blame him and, <laughs> and then listen about all the, all the fun they had the night before and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And you go back out and train the next day. Um, but, yeah, when I look back at, at it now, it's like, well, Hey, that's how I got to where I got to. So, without doing any of that, I don't, I don't make it here. All that hard work got you across town and a, a rugby scholarship to St Peter's, <laughs> as you mentioned. You thought you were going to be an All Black to, to the thing, but three years first fifteen. So, but you also took picked up some national titles in softball, didn't you, with the secondary schools? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, obviously, I started my my uh, my high school career at, at Papatoitoi High School out south, and that was. Um, that was kind of the school out South Auckland. Like you didn't go to, like you could try to go to Manirua. I live right next to Tungawa College, and it was like, nope, we're not going to that one. Um, so Papa Toy Toy was a little bit away, but um, yeah, managed to get over there. And, and to be fair, I was first fifteen, third and fourth form at, at, yeah. at Papa Toy High, so I went straight into the into the rugby first fifteen there. Um, and then, yeah, look, I I. Um, I, put, I moved for a specific reason to, to town, <laughs> and um, Good rugby. whether whether it paid or not, uh, whatever. Um, yeah, it was a tough. It was a tough call to go for me, like going to an all boys school. Like back then, I, I wasn't too sure about it, um, but it honestly was one of the best things I ever did because um, just the way that guys can relax without females around in, in that environment. Like at Papatoto High, there was a lot of angst because yeah. you know guys are trying to put a macho figure yeah. on, um, and then it. At St Peter's, you chat enough the dudes haven't done their hair and kind of stuff like that. You just you go to school, but yeah, won won a couple of titles there. We had some good softballers um, come through St Peter's, and obviously having Eric Kalesi there as the, as, um, the caretaker and the first fifteen coach and first Both. nine coach. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he brought a lot of guys in. Eddie was a big part of um, pushing St Peter's um, back in the, in those days, um, and we had like the team that won. I think we had Thomas Cameron uh, was pitching. Actually, we had a better team that lost it. We had like Tane Richardson, Kurt Allen, um, yeah, quite a few guys, and we lost to uh, the uh, team uh, New Plymouth Boys High. We lost to them up here, and then wow. then we went down, and we only had really uh, Thomas Cameron and myself, and like a young Luke Allen, a young Michael Cameron, a young Lee Cameron, a um, couple of rugby followers, one of my <laughs> tennis mates, and um, yeah, we got up against Waitara in, in the final and, and managed to beat them. Sounds like a classic high school team. Yeah, it was. Uh, you got the, yeah, we had a, a couple. Yeah, couple we had a big weeks. winger on the in the outfield, and one of the Samoan boys <laughs> couldn't hit. He was a killer kitty player, but yeah, it was, a, it was a week off school, so they jump in the in the in the bus and Absolutely. head down. Absolutely. Yeah. Why is this bat not triangle? What's going on here? Oh, mate, um, if we we talk about uh, representative stuff now. Your first rep team, I know it was regional, but it was like under twelves. You started way back then. Yeah, yeah. So, so. Obviously, come up to Auckland, seven, um, uh, played that first year in, over in Manurewa. The next year when Dion came up, I sort of, you know, watched, I was at every training that he trained with. I you know, tried to jump in where I could and whatever, that's with the Prems. And then um, my old man was just someone who always sort of challenged me and he played me up, whether right or wrong. I'm pretty sure there was parents back in those days that were like, oh, what's this guy doing? He should keep the kid down in his own spot having some fun. Um, but, yeah, he put me up. I was nine years old playing um, under seventeen club softball. Um, yeah, was that team photo like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some good ones. Like, yeah, there's it's, a good one with me with a. Boy. Yeah, there's uh, one of the boys from. Uh, there's a seven. They had a paper came and there was a seventh former in my team um, who was like six foot four, and I'm like, whatever, short. 
Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, there's photos of that, and that's pretty ridiculous with, with this. The is size. this the photo of you pitching too? That, is that, that was the same. same there was the same interview. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so that that year, I, I you know I trialed for the under 14s, and and I was lucky enough to make it. They saw something in me, and yeah, I got picked and went away. And it was actually a really funny trip, and yeah, it, it was a really weird trip because. Um, I was real young, like so I was nine, and yeah. the other boys are fourteen, like they're, they're you know thirteen, fourteen, and they're right in that uh, puberty age, yeah. right? So yeah. they're all saying the stupid words, right? And I'm nine, I don't fucking know. It don't even know what that is. Yeah. So you know, like I'm not going to say the words, but <laughs> yeah. whatever. So there was a lot of that happening where, and they would have fun with me because I didn't know what I was saying half the time and just saying it. I mean, I, I blew up the jug down there because they told me to turn the jug on to boil the water. I didn't know you had to put water in the jug. So <laughs> I, I put the jug on and it blew up. And You know what, David, I reckon that's bullshit. He's like, nah, if I, if I do this empty and I blow up the jug, I'll never have I'll to make him a cup no, of tea no, again. No, 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 no. Hey, He's like, clever. I was nine. How, how am I going to make a cup of tea? I had an older sister. She did all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so how many years have you been wearing the Auckland uniform? Uh, 30 odd For Auckland Yeah yeah. My first representative team For Auckland was 89 Wow yeah. He's still going well, Is he? <laughs> is that a question? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to I that. heard Gary we'll Rahuhi the other, the other week He needs to He did the wrong bloody Fact sheet Whatever he was talking about <laughs> Yeah he was, I was sitting next to him And I was like No he didn't But we'll, we'll keep going yeah. <laughs> Well good Gary and That's Love the thing you, Gary You can't say anything If not going to Who's playing He'll listen yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta do my study Every now and then Yeah Yeah indeed uh, Dude playing uh, At a younger age Coming up through the ranks uh, For Auckland Obviously the big you know, One of the biggest Associations in this In this country What has that been like? Yeah it's uh, Yeah Really good Um yeah, when I first come up from Hawke's Bay, obviously you, you come to Auckland and, and all your cousins from down the line are like, oh, boo, you're with Auckland. But so yeah. it, it really took me a good, probably, it took me until I was 15, 16 to have been in Auckland longer than I wasn't, yeah. hadn't been in Auckland to actually say, no, no, I'm, I'm from Auckland. Otherwise, beforehand, I, I was from Hawke's Bay, you know, proud of the proud of the bay and, and my good close cousins were down there. So, yeah, um, it, was, it was a little bit different at the start, but... Um, as I got more and more involved in, in the Auckland size, as, as I become leaders in, in those junior um, teams and making the senior teams, um, it was just all about trying to win. And, and to be fair, every tournament we went to, it didn't matter whether we were playing the first game or the last game, every team we played against wanted to get the Auckland scalp. That's what it feels like for us in Auckland. We yeah. sort of, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, we could be playing a dead rubber game before a final. That team just wants to get that W against us, you know. So, we really had to be on our game all the time. We understand that it's something we, we talk about in Auckland. Um, and so, junior grades, yeah, we, we actually did really really well. The year before us, um, the couple of year before for us in the junior grades mm-hmm. ahead of us, sorry, they weren't really successful. They they had a little bit of success, but not a lot. Yep. Um, so our sort of generation that came through, guys like as I said, Kurt Allen, Carl Gollan, Tane Richardson, um, Jason Heller, and Tony New, Mike New, all those kind yeah, of guys. Wow. They're all um, superstars of themselves. Yeah, well, we all came through around that same time through those age groups. A lot of us played both, you know, two age groups or three age yep. groups, and yeah, we got a few titles for Auckland through that one. And then the next step was coming into the big boys and and trying to win it and and. Um, the Auckland team hadn't been very successful at all, um, leading into the 2000s, and uh, we got we got one uh, title in 02. Eric Classy was coaching us in the last, you know, proper full uh, week long regional, and we got a W uh, for that one, which was which was cool. And then we walked walked into this uh, franchise era um, of playing every other weekend, and um, 
yeah, we sort of that suited us quite quite a bit. Um, and I think it, yeah, like other teams sort of got together really well in those week long tournaments where things the Aucklanders we, was probably better for our swag to walk in on a weekend and now we're just flying in from Auckland, we'll beat you up, now we'll go home sort of thing. And that's how we sort of went that first year and, and it worked really well. We and we got the W again the next year and yeah, we sort of from there it was okay, we won three in a row now, what can we do? And then we went and lost two in a row, so it was real good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Someone's gonna get Auckland yeah, yeah, down exactly. Well dude, uh twelve uh, New Zealand provincial NFC titles uh through your career at the top of the ledger. But if we just drop back to those age groups uh coming through twelves, fourteens, fifteen, seventeens, they all changed. As we kept, as we grew up, as we know, what was kind of the, one of the more memorable moments uh, in that in those age group? Um, yeah, look, the, uh, mate, a lot of them, a lot of the trips were good fun. I mean, obviously going away with with young fellas, and um, you know, if we had a good management, then then that worked out way pretty good. But um, look, yeah, there's there's a lot that stand out. Uh, I'd probably say the the seventeens. When we came back from, we won the Auckland 19s in Hawke's Bay and then we come back for the 17s and um, played in Hamilton uh, straight away. It was a really hard tournament um, and a lot of the boys from, I think it was Southland? No, Otago, Otago, sorry. Yeah. Philip Bain and the boys from Otago, they pushed their way all the way to the final and played, ended up playing us in the final and we only won that final 1-0 from one of the Harbour, old Harbour boys, Clinton Arblaster, I'm not sure if you knew him. Right. He came in for a pinch hit for Jason Halloran who had fainted during the final oh. at, in the box. It was like he got heat stroke or something and fainted and then Clinton came in and had a home run. And wow. Yeah, that was, that was a pretty memorable moment where the team wasn't going so well but we still got the W, you know what I mean? Like there's... There's obviously a lot of things that have gone well, but that's one that sort of stands out that was like, hold on, we just won the 19s. Now we're going to lose to Otago in the 17s. What's going on here? <laughs> and then old Clinton Arblaster. Oh, my God. He came and save go. us. So Thank you, Clinton. You so it's blown my mind, Chopper. As we're sitting here talking to Nate about all this, and then he still thinks he's going to be an All Black at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's my summer job. <laughs> 1995, mate, you debuted your first premier season uh, for Auckland Marist. What was that like? You were 15 years old. Yeah, so that was, again, that was sort of that, um, 95, I was actually 14. So so in Auckland. 14? Yeah, you had, that's how it works. Come on, Chop. Back then, Dion was actually lucky because in Hawke's Bay there was no age um, restriction. You could play, so he played from 11 or 12 in the prem grade. Um, In Auckland you had to be 14 years old or over to play in the the senior grade. So as I said, I trained with them from 9 to 13 and didn't get to play. And then once I was 14, I was allowed to get out there and go. And then, um, again, I wasn't, by no means was I a starter or anything like that. I was a bench player through and through. And I got an at-bat here and there. And I, you know, got some fielding out there and ran for some of the, the yep. popos and all that yep. kind of jazz. But it was, yeah, it was more to get me, me in there. And so that was the first sort of introduction to it. And then, then the next year, so I, throughout the whole lot, I always played my age group, um, the whatever age groups there were before the prems and then the prems. So... You know, it, was, it used to be a busy, busy Saturday um, back then. It was, you'd have, you know, 17s, 19s, reserves, prems, and that's pretty much how it would go. And, yeah, a lot of games, a lot of at-bats. We saw that cute photo of you before, a 10-year-old's pitching. What were the positions you were playing coming through then? Yeah, so uh, younger, I was one of the pitchers. Just, you know, how it works with, I, got, I could command being a pitcher. 
uh, wasn't wasn't great or anything like that. <laughs> I was no Wayne Laulu, put it that way. Um, but um, but although I did pitch at tournaments, and he probably hasn't pitched one tournament in his life. But um, so I pitched up to under fifteen level. Um, my claim to fame for pitching, I, I was the name best and fairest at the under fifteen um, North Island Nationals uh, as the pitcher. So there you go. That's one thing I did. Um, but yeah, I mean, otherwise in age group, I caught. I was mainly a catcher um, for the bigger boys. Uh, I didn't really play in the in the infield or anything like that. I was either pitcher or catcher. And, um, yeah, as I got older and, and through the grades and I didn't need to pitch or catch, then I went to shortstop. And then pretty much, yeah, from there just stayed there or just played in every different position. Obviously, I, I had different teams I played in, so if yeah. a team had a good shortstop, I might play second base or yeah. outfield. So, yeah, yeah I, I was sort of all over the place and a bit of a utility for all of that. Now, you talk about um, your, those first time on doing the bench role, you know, again, doing what you what you can for the team. Yep. Um, we've all been there. It's, it's such an important role. But, you know, younger kids these days aren't, aren't so much, uh, you know, they want the starting jersey. They want to yep. get in there. How important is it to pay dues and learn the game and, and do yep. it that way as well? Yeah, it's, it's 100% important. I mean, it's good things like, so our, our boys at, at Ramblers now, our senior guys, even though they're young, they say the same thing with our, our younger fellas. They're like, mate, these guys need to learn from the bench. And yeah. and there's so many things you can learn from the bench. Um, most specifically is how to be a good teammate. And if, if you're sulking that you're not out there, that's not a good teammate. Yeah. So that's first lesson failed. Um, so yeah, I mean, anything you can do to help your team, uh, especially as a bench player, that's, that's what you're there to do. And then just be ready to get your shot. So I mean, look, I don't like being on the bench at, at no point in time. Um, I still don't like being on the bench, um, but I understand what my role is when I'm there. Um, so as you say, yeah, for, for kids out there that you know find themselves on the bench a little bit more, two things. One, go and work harder because there's a reason you're on the bench. Um, <laughs> and secondly, help your team. Like anything you can do to help. I mean, I think if you look at our Rambler side in particular, it's probably um, even more evident than most teams about how a bench can push your team uh, forward. And we've got quite a dynamic bench who gets into it. Every single player on there wants to play. Every single player in there could probably start for any club side in, in New Zealand outside of our one. Um, but they choose to, to be in, on our bench and pushing the starting lineup. So there's a good lesson for young kids out there. If you, you know, there's, there's good players now that are doing it. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of years later, after making your debut at the Premier Ball, 97, you get selected for the juniors. Yep. What was that like? Yeah, uh, the juniors was, um, th- that was tough. Because um, we, um, I was only young too, like, you know, I got, when the team, the squad got selected, like, me and Joel Carden were two young, two of the youngest members of the team. Um, however, they looked at me as one of the senior uh, players in the infield to help uh, with the knowledge because of what I'd learnt and what I could bring for Maris, really. Um, and which is what I, what I kind of did and, and what I've done coming through. But 97, um, you yeah, look, biggest keys out of that one was um, first time we met Lucas Mata, the first time we've seen him in the world. And, oh, my God, that was, that was the first game that we played uh, at the World Series against Argentina. Where was that one? So that was in Prince Edward Island. Oh, no, 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 no. St. John's, St. John's, sorry. Dion's was Prince Edward. Yep. Yeah, St. John's, Newfoundland in Canada. And uh, we placed Lucas Mata out the gate. Man, that was, like, that was unreal. We, we got up on him. I think it was only because it was the first game of the tournament, so they were a bit nervous. We were we were quite excited, yeah. and we didn't know who he was. By the end of the tournament, everyone knew who he was because he'd shut everyone else down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was sort of things that stood out. We, we obviously lost the final to Aussie. Um, some big uh, learnings from that one, and, and, yeah, I guess that's – we'd sort of owned them the whole way through, so we'd played them six times before that tournament, 
and won all six, and then we lost the final to them. So that started their little reign over there. Um, but yeah, that's that was '97, and it was it was good fun. Uh, good team, great players. Still a lot of players involved in the sport now um, that were in, in that side, and yeah, unlucky not to win it. You're talking about what you could offer the infield and insight and thoughts and, and game plan. And I think that's something that's kind of come out of your whole career, to be honest with you, is the, how much of a bit of a mastermind you are with the game itself. I'll ask a question now about coaching. When you came back after that season, was it long before you got involved with Metro? Yeah, correct. So I came back from 97, and like you said, I want to be an All Black, and I went over and played. I went over and played softball in the World Series, and I, I was like, I was at St Peter's College on on rugby scholarship, and yeah, going to that '97 World Series, um, I really wanted to do that. I really wanted to win, but we lost, and I and and I came back and had missed my first uh, my uh, first 15 season, pretty much. Um, but I I just gone there the year before on scholarship, so you right. know, like I'm I'm going to that school. They're paying all my all my fees and everything like that for me to play rugby and yet I'm going to leave them and, and go and play softball for my country. So, um, yeah, that was quite tough. Um, so when I came back, I was quite anti-softball, um, yeah. to go back to your question. Um, I said to the old man straight away, I was like, yeah, that's done. I'm focusing on rugby now and, um, yeah, all good. So I actually had quit. I said to Dion and them, I'm not coming back. So I didn't – I said no to playing for Maris and all that kind of jazz and – I was moving on. I'd you know signed up for the touch side of things for for summer, yep. and yeah, looking to, to go through that route. And um, I'm in my bedroom after school one day. The door flies open. My old man's like, "Someone's here to talk to you." I'm like, okay, here we go. Walk out into the lounge, and it's um, Jack Martinger. Mm-hmm. Me off as everyone know him. Um, and he he used to live in East, East Tamaki, so he'd come around home, and he's like, you know, him and the old man already set it up, obviously. Um, but they. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they walk in and then he's like, "Oh, hey, um, I heard you're not playing this year." I'm like, "Yeah, no, no, I'm not playing at all." He's like, "Well, any chance you want to come and play for Metro? Just every now and then. Didn't worry about trainings or anything like that." And I was like, "Oh, no, not really, Jack. I'm not really keen." And he was like, "Oh, you know, there's got some young guys in there, and it'd be good to have you over there, whatnot. Da da, have a think about it." Um, he left. The old man sort of talked to me about it, and we're look, you don't have to try and make New Zealand or anything like that. Just go over there and have some fun, still play the game. Um, and I thought, oh, well, yeah, sweet. I was already going to St. Peter's there, so I might as well keep mucking around the town and go, yeah. out, go out Mount Albert ways <laughs> and see what that's like. So I'm like, okay, sweet. Um, so I said yes to Jack, and then, pff, mate, after the first training, I went to the first training. Uh, there was good, good guys involved in the side, don't get me wrong, um, but they just didn't know how to train. They had no idea of what they were doing for training. It was one of those just show up, throw it around, hit the ball around, and I'm like, okay, if I'm going to show up, then we're going to train properly, and then... That's how it started, and then I went from taking those trainings. So I'd take the, so I'm 17 years old, taking the the Metro men's trainings, and um, yeah, and then it turned out to being quite, um, you know, I wanted to win with them, and then that sort of brought me back to softball. I I still played touch as well in that year, um, but mainly played softball, and then uh, <laughs> that year I got named in the in the New Zealand men's side. Um, they tried to, well, they named me, not tried to, they named me to North North America, and I. Declined going because obviously the year before, yep. um, and I wanted to stay and play rugby this year, so I stayed yep. and played rugby. Declined that, and then um, the following year went back to Metro, become Metro United. Uh, the team was getting a bit better, so I was like, okay, this is cool. It's another team we, c- we might be able to do something against Maris and the, you know the other m- Ramblers, the big boys um, of the comp. And then, um, night, yeah, the, I got named into the um, to that trip for for Japan um, before the World Series, which was basically. That was the last shot for anyone to put their hand up and, and make a World Series. And 
yeah, as I said, told you guys earlier, Dion sort of um, pushed his way in there and made sure I was going on that trip. Um, and that kind of, yeah, after that, I was back at softball. That was, so I sort of had a hiatus for a little bit, and then the old man and Jack brought me back in. And, and I, don't get me wrong, I had a good, fun team at Metro to play with to yep. start off with. So that yep. sort of it went, it took me away from the pressures that I'd been that had been on me for, you know, the, the eight years previously trying to make a juniors because that was my big goal as a, as a nine-year-old was make the junior Black Sox. It was, yeah. It's the hardest team to make as a, as a kid because you've you've only got a defined amount of years to make it. You can carry on going and try and make a, a, a men's team when you're 20 and 30 and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But uh, And I was in that... Um, it's a four-year cycle too, right? four-year yeah. cycle. So, I mean, Thomas Cameron, he unlucky for him, he was a few months younger than me and he actually he missed that because in the next cycle he was too old. But he was just too young in that one. Yeah. Another year, he'd, he'd be, he would have been in there. So I was lucky, me and Joel, we made it at such a young age because um, there's other you know, good 17, 18-year-olds playing um, that we were managed to, as, as 15 and 16-year-olds, managed to push ourselves in front of. So that was the big push. That was the stress. Um, and I th- so I think maybe now, looking back at it, uh, maybe that year I was like, okay, well, now I don't have to do that and sort of relaxed. And then, I don't know, I, I still obviously loved the game. Um, but yeah, I, I really wanted to be successful in rugby. The interesting thing though, 17 years of age and then stepping into, call it the coach, maybe not officially the coach, but the coach of the, of the Metro Premier team. And that sparked the beginning of this, uh, this dynasty, if you like, of, of what you've done in this game. Not just as a player, but a coach, but a, but a, but a thinker in the game. You know, somebody who doesn't just fit in a box. Yeah, well... Um yeah, I mean, look, softball is, is, is only a young game, right? Like, it hasn't been around for a long time. And, and so right now it can be evolved, and it's, it's open to be evolved from people who have got their minds open to evolve it. I mean, i.e., your fastball 45s, your, you know, things like this. Like, you know, we just need to be open to, to moving forward. And um, I don't think softball has quite tapped its, um, its uh, you know, deep into its reservoir just yet. I think we've got a lot more to give in our sport and, and a lot more people to, to do the right things for us to um, have some initiatives and bring some good corporate sponsors in and, and um, yeah, really make a go of it in New Zealand. 99, you said you uh, debuted for the Black Sox. Uh, who gave you that phone call and you know what was that moment like? Yeah, yeah, I didn't, 99, I didn't get the phone call. That Did they have phones in 99? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, well, not, there's no that. cell phones, but <laughs> no. you, just had the, you just had the one at home. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I wasn't really allowed to answer that one either. So um, you used to have the old codes, you know, ring three times, yeah. hang up, ring Marty two line. times, yeah. hang up, wait five minutes, call them back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, um, yeah, D, like I said, D, D sort of, um, I think they tried calling home, didn't get me, got D on, yep. and they told him, and then he didn't even tell anyone. He didn't let them call me. He came around home and said I was gone because <laughs> I'd po- pulled out the year before. Um, so, yeah, I think they gave him the hard word and said, hey, what's going on here? Your brother's yep. making us look bad, and yep. he came over and made sure I, I, didn't, I didn't pull out of that one. But it was a bit of timing, that one as well. I came back and could finish if, at like three quarters of the season, so it was just a bit of – it didn't worry me so much with that one. But, um, yeah, he obviously made it quite clear to me that um, the 99 side name to Japan was kind of a shadow World Series team and that I had done really well to be there and if I wanted to make that World Series team which was only just around the corner to go to that tournament once he said that I was like okay sweet let's do it go and give it a crack and yeah I had a good tour it went well rest is history first World Series was in East London uh, the year later 2000 yep. um, 
that would have been obviously your first World Cup, so there would have been some interesting take-ons for you experiencing that. Uh, we talked to Brad Runner you know, a couple of weeks ago telling us uh, about the final U2 on the bench um, to start the final conversation you guys had together, but also a chance for your dad to come to South Africa. Interesting story. Yeah, yeah. Well, he hadn't been out of, he hadn't been out of New Zealand at all. Uh, I, think, I think it was the second time on a plane. Like, like yeah, yeah, he's... <laughs> Did these things stay in the yeah, air? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was absolutely hilarious over there. Um, yeah, I mean, and he's quite dark himself, so he's not like, you know, going to go over there and was one of the white guys. <laughs> he got us fit in with half of the bloody crowd out there. But no, no, he was, yeah, it was just awesome seeing him overseas. Like, like not even at a World Series, just seeing him not in New Zealand was, yeah. was quite fun. I mean, I, I still don't even know, I don't even know how many times he's been over there since then. Like, went away out of New Zealand. Yeah. Since that time, like he, he wasn't someone that went places like that. He just, yeah, he stayed in New Zealand. So seeing him over there was was awesome. And obviously, having me and Dion um, in the in the team and, and get the win um, over there was even more special. So, no, nah, it's good seeing the, the old man over there. But you had a twenty year career with the Black Sox. I mean, you you have the longest tenure, the, the most uh, Test caps, the most games of any other. The only two hundred club member uh, for the Golden Homes Black Sox. When you look over that twenty-year period, man, how do you, how do you earmark it all? How, how do you go through that? Um, I don't. I um, I'm I'm probably someone. I'm I'm a real forward mover and a forward um, thinker. So I I kind of just leave things back where they were, you know, and I move on and, and be better. Um, so I understand there's lessons behind me and all and all that kind of jazz, and I'm I'm more than willing to go down memory lane with people and 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 perhaps with with some family, but. I don't do it on a regular by myself or anything like that. I'm I'm thinking of the next thing and 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 um, yeah. I mean, life's only what's in front of you. If you want to worry about what's behind, you're going to miss out what's what's right there. So I try and focus on that more than more than anything. So how do I yeah look at it? Mate, 20 years done, a lot of wins. Um, there's some more excitement to come up. Um, we'll see what happens in the future. We talk about your debuting in that in that world or your first World Series. Now, do you are you a softball player? Are you still still hanging oh, out? Look, hope. I tell you what. I tell you what. Okay, so I don't know if we're going to get there, but in 20, 2010, after the 09 World Series, I went and had a crack back at rugby. Right, and so I, the New Zealand coaches all that know they knew. I said to them. That's when you asked me before yeah. you know, how many times have I retired. I said I retired before I <laughs> um, <laughs> And I told them, I'm like, mate, that's the last one. I'm playing rugby after this. They're all like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm like, watch this. You'll see me in the blues. Yeah. I'll be playing rugby. <laughs> see, watch this. I went back there and um, I was a shock. It was a shock. But what had changed? There's one rule that changed that really stuffed me as a rugby player. And it was you had to wrap your arms when you tackle. And obviously, I wasn't that big. So my technique as, as, a, as a younger fella or when I played rugby with the big boys, as I would get low, I would sink and I would shoulder charge and pop them up and hopefully would get this and then I would come back in under. So, you know, the, the first hit was just to stop momentum, yeah. Yeah. get us even and then try and come back in. Well, <laughs> that was gone. <laughs> <laughs> so I just went, <laughs> so I've just become a speed bump for everyone and I'm like tacking people with my back because I'm like, I'd already, I've subluxed my shoulder and, before the Unknown World, World Series, so it wasn't probably a good idea for me to go back and play rugby, but yeah, I learned pretty quickly that softball was my game in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I needed to get out of my system though, to be yep. honest, I needed to go back, I went yeah. back, played played topside, I, yeah, I, I gave it a good crack, um, 
Yeah, and look, I, I do. I think I, I if I had worried about rugby and just gone on with that, yeah, possibly. Like you know, there was there was options overseas and all that um, earlier on, but yeah, I don't regret anything I've done with softball. Two thousand and four. I can just drop back just a little bit. Uh, first time the Black Sox playing at home in our generation, anyway. Um, mate, what was that like? Yeah, it was. Um, it was real hectic. So one thing we'd learnt, um, we'd learnt from the sevens. So the sevens had um, they'd they'd lost. Um, they played like a, I think it was a was it Commonwealth or something. Something was there was a series, right. a, a sevens yeah. championship, world championship in New Zealand. They'd lost, and um, I remember like we heard from like guys like Dallas Seymour and Eric Rush about what happened and da da da, and they obviously had let. Um, you know, well, the family's in and all that kind yep. of jazz and da-da-da and got carried away with a little bit of that hype. And and so for us in, in 04, our biggest um, focus was to keep, um, just to keep everyone at arm's length and mm. let us focus on what we're here to do. Like it's, the team as a team. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard because you, they're there for you. They're yep. there to support you. You're not yep. trying to be a tosser to them, but you're like, oh, if you really want to support me, just leave me alone for a little bit and I'll go and get to the stub you and then we'll go and have a beer together. Yeah. Um, so that was something for our boys to sort of learn and, and, and um, have to deal with. Um, but I'd rather have dealt with that than be overseas. Like, I'll deal with that all day long. Like, that wasn't too hard. But that's yeah. probably, I would say that's the biggest thing that stood out for us in preparation for that. Um, but obviously winning that World Series at home, I mean, like, that's probably the f- most fun one I like watching back. Just yeah. not so much for what happened on the field, but all the smiles of the crowd. Like, if you see the coming, I mean, I mean chopsticks with his... Already <laughs> jacked in the outfield doing his hucker, but I mean, like just all that, like you know, yeah. and and it was back then we like, you know, people didn't stop that kind of stuff. It was just all sort of organic. Everyone yeah. just did that kind of stuff. Like in 2013, no one was allowed to come onto the field and all that kind yeah. of stuff, right? Yeah. So that was made 2013 a bit different to 04, but 04. That's the yeah, just looking at the smiles of the faces of everyone because it was such a the crowd was so happy uh, when we won yeah. that day, and and obviously you know that night we come into the into that. Tent and oh my god, it was it was awesome. It was yeah. like a rock star walking into that one, <laughs> and then it's a blur for a long time. Yeah. And then uh, and then you're in Christchurch um, Square with a whole lot more smiling faces. So that was yeah, that, that was probably the, the most fun part. I mean, apart from getting the dub and and, mm. and being a, a double world champion and back to back world champion, um, yeah, it was just seeing and it was all softballers. Like, it's not like people you didn't know. It was all you know, it's like people you actually didn't like half of them because <laughs> like, that's a half valley guy. He's a wanker, but like, you got a smile on you, yeah. and you're looking around, sort yeah. of thing. But yeah, so that was that was fun. That was fun in 04. Yeah. Well, one moment in that final, and I know Dion played the following year, but uh, he hits a home run at the end of that match off field. Yeah. Very. How did that feel? Yeah. Well, it was his first home run, like for the Sox. I think he hit one. Um. So yeah, when he hit it, it was like. Well, he has awesome. it now. You just said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he hadn't hit one. I mean, yeah. Maybe he got one out in a woman's diamond or something somewhere. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he hadn't hit one. Well, not at a World Series. Yeah. Um, right. He's probably hit them in the tours plenty. Uh, but definitely not in a World Series final. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he was always going to be um, signing out. I mean, we all knew that the next one was five years away. Um, so, 09 was yeah. a long stretch for him. Yeah. Um, so, kind of knew it was his last at-bat. And when he got that hit, it was... Again, more happy for him, but obviously happy for all of us because we were on our way to, to a title, but yeah. Phenomenal time for sure. 
Um, you talked about in 2009 having a break, going to rugby. 2013 was uh, not far around the, around the corner from there. And, of course, yep. uh, we all know in history says that uh, you didn't make the team for the first time ever. Mm. And uh, that must have hurt. Yeah, yeah, that one, that one really hurt. That was, uh, that was a kick in the teeth, that one. That was, um, oh, look, a few things with it. So um, like I, I had, after 09, I told everyone that I was, you know, retiring. I'm going to be a, going to be a Blues yeah. rugby player and da-da-da-da. Okay, Carlos Spencer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously, whatever. Shoulder didn't work out too well. Um, but then we had the, uh, like, I ended up, um, I'd moved um, jobs, so I actually become available to, to go overseas and um, Andrew Kirkpatrick talked to me about uh, playing for his team in Japan and, and catching him. So I ended up, um, you know, being, going from being retired, playing rugby, to now I'm going to Japan <laughs> to catch Andrew Kirkpatrick. Um, <laughs> how great was that? Yeah. Hurt my hand that, that yeah, obviously, <laughs> put on a lot of weight, it was good. Um, but yes, yeah, so I went over to Japan, saw that side of things. It was, it was I really enjoyed it. Um, we had a really good year. We won it. We won everything over there. So it was like, this is easy. <laughs> 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 Just winning everywhere. This, this guy will come back now. Yeah. So and then obviously then there was a trip um, to uh, I think Argentina or maybe America in 2012 for the Black Sox, um, and a few guys had been injured. And they brought back Thomas Markia. Yeah, you can remember. Mm. Um, and I think maybe Jez, uh, maybe maybe they asked him, but he was unavailable. There's right. a few injuries. Yeah, and. And like so, I'd seen all these guys back. So I sent Ed an email from Japan. I'm like, I'm available if you want to get me. I can, I can fly. Actually, I was in Italy at the time. I, I just started seeing Katrina, and Trina was playing professionally in Italy. Right. So I was professional in, in Japan. She was in Italy. In my downtime, I would fly to Italy, hang out with her, and then when it's time to come back to Japan, I'd come back to Japan play. Blah, blah, blah. So I'd say, look, I'm, that's all I'm doing. If you want me to fly over to New York and play over there, it's all good. Ed had got to touch me, he said, look, nah, don't worry about this one, but when we get back, let's let's catch up and, and talk about, you know, going for the next one, and if you're keen, whatever. I came back, had those conversations. Actually, I came back to something totally different. I don't know if you want to go down that route, but I came back to um, to the old baseball fiasco. Oh, right, yeah, um, yeah. So I walked back into the middle of that, <laughs> again, from you know, not being involved in yeah, any of it. Yeah. Um, I walked back into that, and then I'm getting my phones ringing left, right, and centre. I remember getting off the plane from Auckland Airport, driving straight, um, to Ramblers to meet Ben and, and Brad Right To right. talk about it Yeah yeah Find out what the hell's going on And all that kind of jazz Da 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 um, So yeah I, I let them know I was available um, Ed knew I was available um, That 2012 um, We You know I coached the Auckland side We went away Won it Da 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 2013 The team was going to get named early So they had those trips in, in December I wasn't involved in any of those No conversations with me at all Like as far as I was aware I was Good to go. Da, da, da. I'm showing up to the to the photo shoots that they're having with the three or four guys at at the venue and all yeah. this kind of stuff. Like, yeah. All hunky dory. Um, I see a couple of um, a couple of uh, uh, articles come out from the from the, the the coaches saying that they wanted to go with the younger um, guys and want the new generation and all this kind of stuff. And there was guys that you know they didn't want to have so many experienced guys and all that kind of jazz. And then we, we play the, the NFC, they're naming the team on the right after the final of the NFC, so I'm coaching the Auckland side, we make the final, um, play against Canterbury, we should have been in Canterbury, I'm top hitter at the time um, of that tournament, me and Donnie are tied, um, and Donnie gets one hit in the final, I don't, Donnie gets top hitter, I'm second hitter of that, second top hitter of that tournament, Yeah. right, Nas- club, uh, national provincials, yeah. Yeah. before going to a World Series, Yeah. okay, so... 
I don't think I'm not making that team. Yeah. Like, no one's talked to me, no one's said anything anywhere else. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've come off, the, the team starts getting named, and, mate, my name doesn't come out. I'm sitting there, and I was just like, this is embarrassing. Um, and I was sort of, I felt stink for my teammates rather than for me, because they were sort of all like, didn't know what to say. They yeah. were all like shocked. Yep. Um, I looked around, uh, Jerome um, Hadatuku had been named um, out of the side. Uh, there was a few of the guys, Patty and all them. Yep. Boys came in and congratulated those fellas. And I grabbed my gear and said, I'm fucking out of here. So I left straight away, um, shot off. Uh, we, we went around to the Anokas. The whole team was going there after the final anyway, just to have, have yep. a, you know, whatever. So I went around there and pretty much wrote myself off. Um, was pretty angry. Uh, the the guys there were all really supportive and you know you had guys like Donny you know you know Donny was like mate I'm not playing I'm I'm out like that's not that's not right you shouldn't you should be there as well da 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 and I'm like no 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 like at the, sorry that day I didn't really care but mm. in the in the days to come you know we had chats with different people and um, Donny was one that that really you know wanted to have a good chat about what he was going to do and um, it was a real thought of his to to pull out the team and, and not be available and I was like Bro, that's stupid like you gotta yeah. go and play um, it was really tough because I had my wedding that was coming up like a week later after that that's team right. naming yeah. and, and all the Black Sox boys were going yeah. so I had to cancel all their invites David <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> <laughs> goes, is that? Oh my god! Like what? <laughs> no, I didn't cancel any of them. I invited more, I think. Um, yeah, I, mean, I was trying to invite all the Samoan boys just to try and get my Samoan passport. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was. Uh, look, it w- and we had the wedding the next week, and and you know, guys like Tyson and yeah. Wayne and all them were there, and um, look, no, no issue with, with those fellas. And um, but I think you know the whole the whole scheme of that with with, with it being a shock and all, um, you know. You know, bullshit. If anyone wants to say that or whatever, whatever, um, that was Ed's calling up to him to make. He he got in touch with me not too long after that, and um, pretty much talked to me about being ready um, and all that kind of jazz. Um, I sort of just said, "Look, I don't really care what you've got to say. Just watch what I do in the next couple months." And we had a couple months still before the team got named, and yeah. and my old man had had, had come around and. Pretty much laid it down on me and said, "Look, don't let these guys do that to you. You've got time here to, to make it right. Um, go and do it." And so I said about going out to, you know, show everyone who I was and, and why I should be there. And I think I put my name on lights and bloody Broadway lights in the next two months. And um, I beat the Sox four times out of five. Um, and then, no, and then no, next no. knock, knock, knock. Oh yeah, we need you to come in, and then, mate. The worst part about it, and look, I don't really want to throw anyone too much under the bus, but the worst part about it is that, like, so Reese was getting, um, you know, it was in the game that game. It was, it was the it was the Shield final, the yeah. Pink final for yeah. Shick. Yeah, Reese was injured. He was playing second base. It was an overthrow. Um, Michael Cameron, I'm coaching on third. I said to Michael, "Come, come to third, because I want Reese to pick that ball up and throw it to third, because I know he couldn't. Mm-hmm. He tries, got on him, picks it up, tries to throw it to third, and is." Um, his shoulder just pops out, or, you know, no good. Couldn't couldn't throw it across the thing. We we're a week out, two weeks out from the World Series, whatever it is. I see them after the game. It was wasn't too long after that play. The game finished, and Reese and um, the coaches walked sort of out to the outfield, and then Reese walked away from that meeting, like head down, crying, um, downhearted, and like, you know, I'm looking, I'm going, oh, that's not good. Okay, da da da, whatever. We'd sort of we'd just beaten the Black Sox again, so. 
whatever we we're like all having a you know having a beer and whatnot and then it f- come from that meeting walk straight across the diamond like give me the the come here and I walk over and he's like okay um are you um you good to come up north with us next week um for the there's gonna the guys gonna go up there and do a pre like just a, some fun yep. fun days up there and mm-hmm. then and join us for the World Series and I said look and I go uh hold on am I in the World Series or not and he goes you're in the World Series <laughs> I was like like I'm playing like. That's it. There's no coming up and finding this this out. I'm in right now. And he's like, yeah, you're in right now. And he goes, straight swap. Me and Reese. And I'm like, what do you mean straight swap? He goes, captain for captain. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. How's that one? Like that one on your podcast? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so can you also come back and captain yeah, the So side? I'm going, uh, whatever, mate. I'm there. Sweet. We're good. And I walk. I left him straight there. Went straight to my sister. Um who I had seen her straight away after I'd not made the side and shared tears with her. I went and told her straight away we shared tears right there. Yeah. Um, I went and grabbed my team because my team was still milling around the dugout. I pulled them all in, the Ramblers boys, and thanked them all for everything they had done to push me back into the side. And That really lifted in that period They lifted, too. they knew, yeah. they knew. They were, they were just as angry as I was that yeah. I wasn't in there. And they're all young fellas. That's, that's a young Bradley Bennett, a mm. young Reese Case, a Reese Evans, a young Maddox Rice. Like yeah. Cole wasn't even there. He was still yeah. too young. Like yeah. He was kind of the bloody stand. <laughs> yeah, no that's right. <laughs> yeah, like, so, look, these were young fellas who, who, who helped me um, push my way back into the side, so I was very grateful with that one. Um, obviously, history shows that Jerome ended up being the guy getting dropped in, in, in the end and, and Reese captain the side, and I still think that was the right decision. Um, he needed to be there, uh, even if he only offered the bat side of things. Yeah. He's a quality hitter, um, quality leader. So, yeah, I'm glad it, it went that way for him. Um, unlucky for Jerome. Uh, it was what it was with that, but... Yeah, so not making that side, coming back in. Um, I, I heard Wayne talk about um, the other week uh, about the be yourself yeah. Um, yep. saying. And um, I'll just give you some more context on that. So, yeah. so obviously, when I came back into the side, the team had been struggling. They'd lost, they'd lost to a whole bunch of club sides in New Zealand. The media was all over them. The softball public was all over them. They'd lost to Tanifa. At, at the Simpson tournament, um, they were getting no backing from the crowds. That the crowds were supporting the club sides against them, um, and that's it's a little bit to do with how the Sox were sort of um, handling themselves at that time with the with the public in New Zealand and, and and the people running the game back then, and how they you know sort of try to keep the Sox at arm's length. Where we're, we're the people's team, we need to be part of the people, and it is what it is. That's, that's that's how they decided to do it. But there were some issues with that side of things. So when I came up up north. Um, I rolled in, I was the last guy to show up, showed up with, um, with Heine. Um, and when we sat around, like, the boys, I went straight up to Jared um, and said, what do you want, what do I need to do? And he's like, the boys just need to relax, man. They're like, they're too uptight. They're all worried about, you know, what I'm going to do, da, da, da. And so a lot of that was just like, well, just be yourself, fellas. Like, what yeah. are you mucking around for? Like, stop, stop trying to be him. Stop trying to be what he's telling you. Be. Just be yourself. So I'm not saying I brought that in, but that's where, the, where it all came from. It came from the guys pushing too hard and, and putting too much pressure on themselves and just not trusting that whatever they did to get there was going to be good enough. Just maybe a few little tweaks in your attitude to really ramp it up, but outside of that, you're not going to you know learn how to hit the ball again in you know two weeks yeah. or whatever. So you just got to be yourself and, and trust yourself. So that's a little bit of context to what what Wayne added added the other week, and and that's I guess that's 
for the 2013 World Series, for me, that's the biggest thing that I took out of it was how I was able to come in and just relax the team. Just, just the boys all went, oh, Nate's here now. He's going to sort all the hard stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. basically what yeah. it was. Yeah. It was like, okay, sweet. Okay, he's going to sort that. Okay, he's going to sort that. Okay, what are we doing in this situation? I don't know. Nate will still sort that. Okay, we don't talk about that. Sweet. He's going to hit. Yeah. Okay, so it was kind of like, yeah. for them, yeah. But at the same time, for me, I mean, you watched that World Series. I, I smiled that whole World Series. I, I loved it. I was like... It was fun being back, you know. I pushed my way back, and yeah. I was playing good softball and back in front of with my with my team, um, in front of our home fans, and then obviously getting the dub. I mean, yeah, that was that was yeah, that was cool. That was cool getting the win. Like we, I, I knew it was a fairy tale story. Like I'd said it to the media yeah. earlier. I was like, it's a fairy tale story without a happy ending. And then we got the fucking sorry, we got the. We got the mean happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> and then we won the World Series yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. What a story. What a, what a moment. And you're right. You, could, you can make a movie around of all of these World Cups that you've been to, my friend. But in saying that, that history says it right, Damien. That's 2013. And uh, another, as you can see, 2019 is the last time that Nathan played for New Zealand so far. I'm not going to go there quite there, but uh, so far you can see that he 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 is a man of his word and uh, has put his body on the line for this country just uh, so many so many times. As you march forward from that man, um, you know you've been instrumental with the Auckland side and also your own club side, Ramblers, and lifting the bar there and. and to be fair, we're six saying you win so much, but yeah. you do. I know right? you are. <laughs> <laughs> nine, trying to get it. Nine national titles with <laughs> Ramblers and that. No, it's impressive, man, it is. I mean, you, you just got to tip your hat. You really do. And as we mentioned earlier, 12 uh, New Zealand provincial titles, NFC titles uh, with Auckland. In the socks, when does uh, a player, you know, start to get a little bit more say in, in, in not coaching, but, but in the that, close to that round? Yeah, I mean, look from the start. If you if you've got something good to offer, then yeah, you, you can say something. But if you don't, then just listen. Like, so there's no sort of oh, you've got to have won X amount or been in the team for X amount of time before you can offer a, a, a way forward or an opinion of how we should play the game. Not at all. Um, in fact, that's we encourage that more than anything. And, and coaches out there will, will know exactly what I'm talking about. You're trying to get all your players to to you know contribute, not just the top half. You know, you want everyone to contribute. So the Black Sox are no different. Um, we we expect um, the younger guys to come in and, and evolve the team. Um, we can't do can't get any better or, or do anything if we're not willing to listen to the new ideas that come in. I mean, we can you know, do a lot of learning and, and watching and, and, and understanding um, game learning and game plans, but new. Uh, Fresh voices sometimes can just it can bring those extra nuggets you need to, to get the team going and um, yeah we've I think we've always been um, quite good it's been it's hard for young guys to talk on that team don't get me wrong I, I was one of them um, it's hard for them to talk because you just it's not so much that you're um, being told not to but you're just scared that what you say might be one look at you going what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> get out yeah but I mean look you, you hear those things what's it no questions a, ba- a bad question or a dumb question and yeah. So there is that in the stock where we're more than open for um, people to, to give their opinion and, and to talk. That's it's what it should be. Um, but there's obviously times and places for those as well. So yeah. if the coach is giving a, a chat before the game of a big game, we don't expect the young fella to step up and go, hey boys, I think this. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's, there's obviously allocated times we sit down as, team and, as a team and 
and everyone's allowed to you know give their opinion or and we do it in small groups also and guys come back and feedback to the to the larger group so that can help build the, the guys a little bit more shyer to um to, to say something in the smaller groups so no no that's all something definitely that our that the black Sox team does and and it's something that all teams should do when we, when we look at uh, your career with the Sox, man, and, and being there such a l- long period of time, and so you've been around enough with them and obviously studied them probably before your time as well. Why do you think the, the New Zealand softball team has been so successful over such a long span of time? Uh, look, we've, we've, had, we've had some really good players. Like We can't disparage the fact that there was some quality legends that played in that period of time. Um, the uh, North American circuit was massive for a lot of those guys, um, for those legends yeah. especially. Yeah. Um, being able to play softball all year round, um, just massive for, for those guys. Uh, so, and I see you'll find you'll think you'll find that with the other teams around the world now, IERGs and all that, and Australia who are a lot better now because they all do that North American circuit and back. So, it's something that our boys, our young kids in New Zealand, don't do too much now or don't look to do too much now. It's a tough environment. Uh, global travel climate right now so I understand that but um, yeah it should be something that the boys should be looking to try and get at least one or two seasons over there just to see what it's like um, you know take the hit for six or six to eight months uh, six to eight weeks and, yeah. and get over there and, and, and try it so definitely that um, uh, but I would say at the same time we, we sort of we had some smart coaching I mean Don Tricker mate he's like yeah he's real smart with how he how he did stuff and how he galvanized so we had good culture and good mongrel within the team especially from the the poly boys and the moldy boys you, you had that you had that real venom um but then you had the smarts of someone like don trick and and, and mark Sorensen who who can you know guide us um guide that aggression um and so i think yeah a combination of all that um and i think other teams if i'm really really honest i don't think other teams took it as seriously as us at the start i think they've all they've all caught up now they've all understand what they need to do i.e your canada's and that like yeah. they just they just went in with a bu- bunch of big boys and thought you know we'll just go in there and swing the bat we'll win now they've all got programs they're all training they've got squads everywhere it's it's beautiful to see but before that was only the new zealand side doing that so we've been caught up um by around the world and we've got to figure a way for our players to to push ahead again and and um, look, by no means are we are we you know out of the the realms of being world champions again. But we've got real um, parity in our sport and real tough competition from more than one or two places. So interesting to see what happens. Well, yeah, well let's let's go there uh, while you're talking about the the international uh, game, Nathan. We're obviously, Argentina uh, picking up their first gold medal in Prague in, uh, in nineteen. Uh, Japan have always kind of relatively been there or thereabouts. Who are the other big movers and shakers in the world stage? Yep, well you got Canada. So obviously you got your your, your, your normal um, guys, which is your Australia, Canada, and us, yep. right? So we've been the three in the last sort of ten years that have, have been the, the staple diet of your top three in the world. Um, but <laughs> the final last year was uh, Argentina, Japan. Yep. So I didn't just name the three that were the top ten. The top three of the t- last ten years, we didn't even in the final. So there's five teams straight out the gate. Um, then you've got the, the introduction of all these, uh, all the South American teams. So one thing that, that's going really well over in South America is they're really starting to find some pitches. Yeah. So, I mean, they've always been a, a big baseball nation. So yeah. uh, baseball nations down there, they, they've you know they run pretty much most of the um, the baseball uh, AAA programs and all that come out of there, and all the camps come out of there. So. They've all got all those guys that are powerful swingers, um, strong arms, good range in the field, um, but struggle to hit 
um, uh, softball pitches, yeah. right? Um, and the reason why is they didn't have enough pitches to actually hit against over there. So they only really get to face the good guys when they show up to World Championships. So what they've done over there now is they've actually got a lot more pitches over there. A lot, a lot more. There's a lot more of those Argentinian guys going down there and adding value um, to, the, to the South American countries as well, their neighbouring countries. So, um, yeah, like Dominican... I mean, they were top eight last last time. Yeah. Um, Venezuela. I mean, if they had shown up two days earlier at the World at, at Seventeen, Horse, you, yeah. never, you never bloody know what would have happened there. Yeah, I mean, they knocked right. us off. Yeah, they knocked us off. So, yeah. I mean, and they won the world. They won the final. The the, the uh, oh no, sorry, two two series before then they won the final. So, um, yeah. And then I mean, they smashed us that year in twenty seventeen. It wasn't even close. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of countries that are coming through, and, and, and yeah, I, I don't expect any of those countries to go down. Uh, it's just going to be how much they can put towards their programs in the current climate, because someone like Venezuela is going to hurt. Um, RG, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they're like over there, but yeah. Yeah, if I take my um, New Zealand hat off, uh, or New Zealand native hat off, if you like, it's bloody exciting to see these other nations on the rise at the moment, because they are becoming true competition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, that's what you want, right? Um, like something you said earlier, you were like, oh, okay, it's a bit boring seeing the Rambus boys win. Um, it's kind of like that, right? Like, you know, like if, if there was another five other club sides in New Zealand that w- w- would challenge the Black Sox as per the current World Series, yeah. you'd have a totally different story. So, and yeah. that's where um, there's, a, there's a big parody in that one, but in, in the international, no, nah, man, it's, it's, all, it's all open now. It's all for people to go for. Uh, like, if you think you're going to hide away to New Zealand, no one's not going to know who you are. You got to blame Chopper and, and the fellas for <laughs> broadcasting it all now because they can watch us all day long. Yeah. And how do I know? Because I do it. So, yeah. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> oh, well, actually, there's a little tidbit on that. I mean, I heard uh, when you're away on tour, especially, you're up all night watching video. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I, like I'm a night owl as it is, but um, on tour, you only get two or three hours sleep. Um, it is what it is. So, you know, it's only for 10, 12 days, and then I can rest. A long time after that, but um, yeah, I'm, I would stay up all night long, um, break down the video, get the pics, what I could, um, you know, everything like yeah, tendencies, pitches, uh, coaches' calls, catchers' signals, um, how the catchers are setting up, if they're setting up different ways for rise ball or or change it, what we can see from different angles. So, no, no, I was I was always right in there. I try to get a couple guys to to sort of take up the mantle with me, but it, yeah. Fall asleep or <laughs> eat all my chocolate and take off. <laughs> when did that study of the game and, and really, you know, being a student of it, when did that become important to that, you? That was the Black Sox. So that was 04. 04 was probably the best, the first time I'd seen it done well. Bevan Martin, um, he used to, like Helen Townsend was our, uh, was our IT person. And I'm not sure if they had a relationship or not, but maybe they did, but that's why Bevan was in there all the time. I'm not sure, but um, <laughs> I'm throwing people on the bus. Like, the <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, but he was in there a lot, and, yeah. and I would always be like really like happy with the information he'd come out with. So he'd come out, okay, this picture here, he does this before, da-da-da, and I'd be like, fuck, that's cool. That's, you know, that's yeah. da 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 And so I didn't, at that time, I didn't want to go and do all that work, but I was, I was really... Um, uh, you know, grateful for the information coming back to me, and then, yeah, as as it got on, it was like, well, man, I've got to go and do that now. So that's pretty much what happened with with me going and studying them all the time. But um, as for like just outside of the game, not even with the Black Sox, like I study softball as much as I can, and when I get a chance, I'll, I'll go back and relook at games played and that you guys have broadcast. So um, 
yeah, I would, I would, you know, urge people to go back and, and learn things from what what I've done in my at bats, what team people throw me. But for me, more so now, I don't look back at myself. Only if I hit a home run, then I'll go look at myself. But <laughs> if, I, if I don't hit a, if you uh, strike out next, you better not. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that hardly happens. So I don't really go. Choose uh. <laughs> <laughs> your walkathon these days, but anyway. Um, Yes, I'll go back and, and, and re-look to try and help my, my, my players and look back and see, you know, what they struggled on and, and um, yeah, just understand what teams were trying to do to them um, and just watch. Like, back in the days, like, kids actually came to the game and watched the game of softball, right? Like, as you would have done, as we would have done. With this, like, you hear that same time. I want to go there and watch. Well, mate, you don't need to go in this park now. You can just put your bloody phone yeah. on. I mean, you can even have a laptop doing something else and your phone doing something else. You can do two things at once, so... Like I, yeah, I would just that's sort of where I sort of went with it. Um and I don't know if many people do do that, um, or take it that seriously, but yeah, look if I, I wanna win, so I take yeah. it that seriously. So um yeah, that's something that I'll I'll do quite religiously um during the season. I'll go back and watch um any video that I can. Um especially if here from New Zealand, I don't really look too much overseas stuff to be fair. Um it's not that good, it's not it's not as good quality as it is here in New Zealand. It's done really well over here, so um, yeah, good plug for ballpark broadcasting. Right? Yeah, absolutely, get back, get back and watch it. The YouTube ones are really good to watch yeah. too, as well. I mean, like yeah. you can skip through them pretty quick. The Facebook ones are a bit tougher to find, but once yeah. you find them, they're um, yeah, you, you'd be amazed going back and um, just learning. You know, putting another uh, put a couple months in between something and go back and look at it. You, you look at stuff a lot differently. I don't, this next uh, segment, I don't want to glaze over it, um, but because it's a big part of uh, a lot of athletes' cl- uh, career. However, the ISCs for you started in two thousand and six. You played for a number of teams like the County Materials. You got the title with them, Greenland Stampede, Cali A's, and then um, the Gators uh, as well. Five uh, all world selections from 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 our count, or at least five all world selections. How was the ISC uh, softball and playing over there for you? Yeah, the ISCs are definitely. Uh, uh Top of our, our sport um, outside the World Series, um, just you got class from all over the world. Like everyone's best players are usually there at the ISCs, uh, whether they're in one team or not. It's you know it's it's, it's irrelevant. There's there's kind of you know every team will have no name players. <laughs> you know throw piss out of it. Like it's you won't see that here in New Zealand. Um, you have to go over there to to see it. Um, definitely one of the you know funnest tournaments to play in. Of um, probably been more known to have a bit more fun over there than than play some hard soccer. <laughs> to be fair, but um, I, I get I get both of them done, and um, yeah. no, I've had good success over there. And obviously, that first year getting the first ring is probably a bit of a curse because I thought it was really easy after that. And, <laughs> and thought, well, hold on, like I, Japan, I, I, hold on, I got yeah, drunk every it. single day this time. I'll do it the next time. I was <laughs> yeah. there wins. Nah, just joking, just joking. Trained every single day I was over there, but um, nah. Uh, yeah, no, good teams. I uh, got to see America. Um, that was the best, best thing. So, like you just named my side, so. I, I you know, um, first year was in, in county based in um, Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, second was in uh, Gremlins based in Albany, New York. Um, third was uh, Midwest Stampede based in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, next one, Calier's based in Bakersfield, California. And then the last one was, was Gators based in, um, in Toronto right. in, in, in Canada. So, look, I got to see everywhere over there and use them to pay me to, to, pay me to go over there and do it. Yeah. So, yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I, I'd. You know, I'm pretty sure I'm not done with the ISC just yet. Um, so if there's anyone out there willing to pay big oh. bucks, oh. big bucks, <laughs> just <laughs> saying, just let me know. But no, no, no. 
I'll probably see myself over there at some stage. Um, look, I, I'd love to take a, a team from New Zealand over there as yeah. a coach, you know, yeah. and, and coach a side and, and, you know, someone win lotto and <laughs> flick us 200K and we'll, we'll take a team over there and see what we can do. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that in the future. Yeah, good. That, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Well, I know the ISCs would love to have you uh, back there again, Nathan, at any stage. And uh, in saying that, and I didn't really want to go there too much about this, but the World Series is next year. Yeah. It's not far away. Any thoughts? About what, mate? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll split into two questions to ease you into it. Does New Zealand compete well and do they win next year? Uh, uh, yes, uh, yes and yes. So, okay. next yeah. question. Yeah, is Nathan looking to grow in there too? <laughs> That's what I thought. Uh, you were ask. <laughs> yeah, well, mate, yeah. <laughs> um, well, not as a player, um, okay. and not as a coach. <laughs> so, unless they want a bat boy or uh, or someone to do some some massage on the side, nah, no, no. no I, I retired in 2019, and as I, as I was, you know, I don't mean to give Gary a, a hard time, but I um I heard the, heard the payback saying, yeah, he's made himself available, he's ready to go. And I'm thinking, <laughs> hold on, I hope they don't name me now. But, <laughs> um, but I didn't want to straighten that out either. I thought I'll leave it and see if I make it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but nah, nah, nah. It's it, it's time for the next generation, eh? Like it's um. I think I did it perfectly because if I hadn't retired, I'd still be waiting around through COVID, bloody waiting for World Series to keep going. I'll be fucking fifty by the time it comes around. So no, no, I um, I've got no uh, second thoughts or third or fourth or fifth sorts of thoughts about that, mate. That's done, um, or the playing side at least uh, with the socks. So um, yeah, I, I as for the team, I actually think it's it's quite a benefit that it's pushed out a couple more years. Obviously, the team hasn't been able to able to. Um, really uh, get together and, and do much with this COVID yep. and all that kind of jazz. Um, but at the same time, we've probably missed a few tricks there where we could have locked down some some guys to be smarter. Um, but again, I'm, I'm not going to second guess what the Sox are doing. I'm, I'm pretty happy with what I've heard and the feedback that's been going on with their side. Like, there's a lot of good commitment coming from their team and, and I understand of recent um, hours and days, a good, um, um, what's the right word, uh, accountability. Um, being, being put towards the side. So, no, no, I've I've got I've got every every um, uh, wish and every thought that they'll win. I mean, I didn't. I still say this, and if you look back at my interviews, I wouldn't leave the side if I didn't think they would win. And I I really think they'll win. It's at home, um, which makes it easier for us in a way where we're comfortable in our diamonds and all that kind of jazz. And we've got we've got players now who are going to be able to have another couple more years. Um, to be ready for that World Series, so and I'm 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 really excited for our boys and to see how they go and and I'm interested to see who's going to be in that final um, makeup because um, obviously going to the 16 players, um, it's interesting for Mark and them to see what kind of makeup of the team is, you know, i.e. what what how many utility players are in there or how many straight pitches are taken and and actually what of those guys put their hands up. I mean, like, i.e. someone like Floyd Nola for me is like, well, man, he's put his hand up this year to show, not, not to make the World Series team, but to show, hey, that spot of having someone that is, can be a strike outfielder, a strike um, hitter, as well as a strike pitcher, um, is probably something we need to look at for, the, for that last couple of spots. Um, and I don't think we've done it in, in true fashion um, in years gone by. Like Obviously, last year we took Jackson um, Watt as, as being that kind of 50-50 guy. Uh, Years gone by, we took Javon Hanley. Really? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's up to some players in the next um, next few months to, to figure it out for next year and yep. and put it all on the line. And I'm sure whoever it is um, will do us proud. Well, 
Fantastic. We look for it. Indeed. Nathan, looking to listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. 140 official TEPS caps. 143, I believe it is, officially for New Zealand. 200 games in total. So those are all the other tour matches as well. 618 played appearances. Wow. 166 hits. The big shot. 35 home runs. Ooh. 125 RBIs. That's a long stick, because with a lot of production. But the one that really jumps... Off too, so that's the nine, nine hitter just, just getting on, so should have <laughs> been way higher than that. <laughs> 28 stolen bags, happy with that? No, not at all. They've missed a lot out of there. 600 <laughs> at-bats, and I've only got 28 stolen bases. Oh my God. I think Brad Roden was running for you, apparently. That's what he told us anyway. <laughs> but a career betting average, man, to right with those 35 home runs, 125 RBIs of 326 over a 20-year span, that is simply phenomenal. Yeah, thanks. And look, look, I'll pass on something to like that I learnt, and and I did, well, not that I learnt, but that I did. So the reason why I've got two hundred and you know seven odd games and one hundred and forty three odd test caps is that every time I wasn't named a starter, every time someone that was slower than me got on base, I had my helmet on, standing next to the coach, saying, "Put me in, put me in, put me in, put me in." If you got to the later in the, in the game or someone had a bit of a niggle in the outfield, first baseman, third baseman, whoever it was, I had my glove ready saying to the, whoever the coach was, yeah, I'm good to go, I'll go out there for him, I'll go out there for him. Th- that's the reason why I got all those games. Like, if you look how many tours, I bet you Thomas Markey has been on more tours than, than I have. Like, I, There's a good period there where I, I didn't go away on tours. Yeah. Um, and I, I stayed out of the side for a little bit. So like, I've still got there. And how did I get there? Well, that's why. Because every time I was there, I was, I was there to help. I was there to do whatever I could for the team. Um, I wanted to get on the field. I didn't want to sit on the bench. Like I said earlier, I wasn't a really great bench player, but my role for the team as a bench player, I gave energy, but at the same time, if anyone was tired, yo, let me out there. I'll, I'll go, I'll go. And every time I did, they would go, okay, they were sick of me standing there. Okay, go. And then, so I would go, and I'm like, yep, that's another one, boys. There we go. So, yeah, I mean, Kid, the, the moral of the story, there. going back to your bench players, is, yeah, be, be ready to come in, like, want to come in. Don't just be the bench guy sitting there going, oh, sweet, i got a break. Like, nah, like, want to go. Like, go, 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 go. So that was that's how pretty much I stacked, I padded those stats anyway. <laughs> well done. Man, I got a, I got a question here. Um, a couple of people asked me this one, and I thought you'd be the perfect person to ask. Bro, what, what has been some, over your long career, and you're not finished playing uh, at the domestic level, or ISCs, as you've mentioned, what's been something that's been a hurdle in your life that you've had to get over with, whether it be mentally or, uh, you know, sometimes getting t- taken somewhere dark? Um, yeah, I've been... Um, look, I, I understand that all of us as, as, as people will go through ups and downs, right? So I'm, I'm no different. I, I, I've, I have my highest highs and I have my lowest lows. I'm actually someone that I believe there's a balance in life where if you have a high high... There's a low, low on its way. Yeah. So I try and, these days especially, I try and keep a bit more even keeled. I try and keep the up a little bit down. I try and put the low a little bit higher. So these days I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a lot better at it. Um, but, you know, to be to be really honest, and this might kind of sound pretty stupid, but, you know, after winning a tournament and stuff, um, um, generally there's like a real uh, sense of, nah, down like you just feel like not depressed but you're just sort of like oh is that it sort of thing like you know what i mean like so i haven't i've had issues in the past where i've just got to you know 
sort of be a bit more positive with myself and saying that, um, and not just, not just wins, like, but it's just interesting for me, it'll happen after a loss or a win. Like, it just sort of, if it's a loss, I heard about the loss. If it's a win, I kind of, I'm not happy with that win. And it's, it's kind of, it's, it's not a, a, a good thing, I, I believe. I think you should, um, and it's something I've been trying to do better. I mean, it's like compliments, for example. I hate taking compliments. I'd rather someone tell me I'm useless and da-da-da-da-da. Someone says, oh, you're really good. And I'm like, oh. Okay, like I find I get really awkward, but um, yeah, I'd say like I, I definitely you know I'll, I'll, when I'm when I've left a big tournament and it's taken a lot out of out of me or, or whatever, I'll go away and I feel real down, like a like I need a few days just to get my pet back. Like especially it's it's fun now with the kids because I can get around the kids and they can get me their energy. And I think yeah. a little bit it's probably me being sapped so much energy during the the week. Like I, you know, because I'm probably giving it everywhere else and and I get to the end of it and I'm like this is you know that was that sucked well not just that's if I lost but if we won it's sort of like yeah we've got the win but we've got to go and do it again or whatever so as I said this might be a stupid story because there's people out there that that, you know haven't won and and, you know whatnot. but that's probably some of the things that I've sort of dealt with but um, look I've 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 had to deal with a lot of different people saying a lot of different things about me throughout my career um, some deserved some not um, I've as I said earlier I'm a forward moving guy so I'll deal with it quickly and then I move on so um, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm I don't have too many shocking stories like that my, my wife will probably tell you differently so I'm glad we did an interview here um, <laughs> next week I'm waiting for that one she's on the list yeah, yeah there you go uh, she might answer your question that one on no. But no, 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 nothing, nothing too negative, fellas. Like I'm, um, yeah. Look, I, there's some probably, there's some time I got pissed off at the at the at the um, NFC last year, and they drug tested me in Cambonoka after the one v two game, um, where we lost, and I was that pissed me off because, um, um, you know, to me it's like, well, hold on, we've just lost the pinnacle game. We've got to go back and regroup as a team. I'm the coach as well as the player. And I've got to be sitting here doing a, a chug test instead of being at the back at the hotel with my team. Mm. Um, and I like the feedback to them was just like, just do it the next day. Like you know, once we finish the tournament, chug test us all. Yeah. Like, we should probably should do that. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't put it up for everyone. Yeah, but so twenty four hours ain't going to change nothing. Exactly. No, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, that was sort of some things like that. Like yeah. those are more the things that kind of tick me off. Um, then. Yeah, I don't have any big demons or anything like that. Um, I don't have time for a lot of that stuff as well. Like I'm, yeah, pretty busy with with work, family, and and, and ball, um, and obviously helping out. Like you know, I, I get a lot of um, my uh, my Facebook messenger fills up quite regularly of, of people asking me to to do things and and giving advice and stuff. And and I'm always open for that, and I yep. always do. So, nice. um, yeah, I, I I probably like. Maybe a few years ago, or if I can have a time to think about it, maybe there might be something. But in recent history, no, there's nothing that's really been negative like that for me, or any demons that I've really had to deal with. Um, yeah, and and because I'm, I've, I've had to help others. It's sort of not something I worry about for myself, you know. Like I, I don't have to worry, but there's nothing I'm sort of. You can't, you can't like like I say when I'm coaching, for example, and I pass this on to my to my team and my teammates, um, which is why I'm glad that a lot of my my Rambus boys now getting out to coach. When you coach, you can't be a hypocrite, right? Like if you coach someone yeah. and you tell them to do something and you're a player, <laughs> you got to do it now. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can't tell them to do it and then you don't fucking do it. That's called a hypocrite. 
Yeah. And people don't like hypocrites, so they won't follow you. <laughs> All right. So that's what I like. I just think, like, you know, in those respects. So if I'm trying to help people be positive about what they're doing, and then on my side, I'm being negative, well, then that's just being a hypocrite. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I kind of move forward. And then, look, if, if there's bad things to happen, mate, I'm, I'm that walk. I'll oh, just walk, mate. See you later. If you've got nothing good to say, then I don't actually need to talk to you. Like, enjoy yourself. Like, we're good. Thank you, Nathan, for sharing, though, mate. You might say there wasn't much going on there, but actually listening to you, you dealt with a lot of things uh, in your time and, and trying to find the balance of not being too high to get the too low afterwards. Uh, you know, that's good advice, and I think uh, you know the, the fans and the listeners out there will, will actually take that, um, and, and hopefully they can use that to themselves and, and whatever they have to come up against. So I appreciate you, you, you sharing that for sure. Oh, Nathan, uh, obviously uh, with you uh, finishing up with the socks, uh, you, you've got a different agenda now, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So when I, when I finished up in, in 2019, I, um, I sort of looked around and, and went with the side. Um, I sort of thought, where could I be more value in, in, in the sport rather than just uh, with the black socks? So um, I believe our, we've got good kids and younger players coming through. I say kids because I'm old, but you know, twenty uh, mid twenty, late twenties guys that are all, all ready to go, um, or, or there thereabouts. But I think one thing uh, that hasn't been getting passed on is a lot. There's a lot. Well, sorry, there's a lot that isn't being passed on um, around the country and and around the um, around the like the Auckland Association as well. So I guess my biggest thing in the in the last sort of 20 months has been to push, try and push our game from the outside, um, and that's pushing both softball New Zealand office um, associations. So Auckland softball have, have really got on board in the last sort of um, 12 months, and we're really pushing. And i.e., you've got the the umpire initiative now, and um, in Auckland, and the umpires are really um, getting on board with with being able to um, communicate with the players, and and that's at a starting point. We, we want to get that better as well. Um, but also, yeah, just just getting skills around around the the the, the country, and I still think that we don't there's still a lot to be done. Um, but there's a lot of players and a lot of old older time players out there that we need to get them back involved with the sport. And um, to do that, though, there needs to be a good understanding of where we're heading to. So, look, I've I've got some big ideas of of where I think our sport can go. I'm only one person with an idea, and, and I'm going to push it through as much as I can. I've been challenging people all year um, up and down the country um, to, to have a think about what the best softball season looks like. I don't think right now we look after our elite players well enough. Um, it, it's sort of the elite guys have to give a lot of their time up to play our sport. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing that sort of uh, the, the, the season isn't structured in a way where there's a, a pinnacle, um, you know, where they're working their way, way up to a, a pinnacle event. It's if you've got NFC in February, you sort of got a pinnacle, and then yeah. you come down, then you got to pop back up in March. So, I think as as a sport, i.e., I said earlier, we're still evolving. There's still a lot of things we can look to. Um, if we can try and you know get people thinking about what the best uh, season looks like, like I thought that Easter weekend tournament just gone with all the provincials, man, that's a perfect time to play provincials. Yeah. Instead of playing it in January, um, s- squeezing it in there, 
Easter weekend, like, you know, what better for softball, especially with all the families involved in softball, to go away to somewhere for an Easter weekend and, and have a big... Well, I mean, like, why can't the big boys be there? Why can't they be the Black Sox there as well or, or even the NFC or, yeah. or whatever it is? Yeah. Um, so I just think we need, we need to challenge things. Like, things like the NFC, I think, now are defunct. I don't think the NFC achieves much. Um, I think the NFC needs to go to a straight... Uh, draft tournament, a full draft tournament of New Zealand where you've got four or five teams of your best uh, 15 players all selected into a draft side. Um, with, it's basically a Black Sox trial, right? And you have that every year. Uh, that's the tournament that you can bring your overseas guys into and your, J- your Japans and your Australians and your Canada because you're now going to have basically four Black Sox squads yeah. of teams yeah. there playing. Mm-hmm. Bring those guys over. Now we've got four teams playing against them instead of the one selected side. So I just think we need to do things a little bit, a little bit better, a little bit smarter. I still think the um, that that what's the uh, the Voldemort name of baseball needs to be um, uh, spoken again and and talked to and understood. I think. I, I mean, look, we're, we're all big people, man. We just need to figure out a way forward together. Yeah. Um, it's kind of stupid that we're fighting each other. Uh, we've got we're sitting not far from Albany Stadium here. Why don't they put a roof on that, and then we can we can play in there in, in the winter? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's 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 so many more options available for softballers. Once upon a time, all uh, top players um, would play two sports. They, like, you know, I, I mean, I'd play for the All Blacks and play for the Blacks. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, but you'd play two sports. But now, I mean, the guys are doing anything. They're they're resting in, in winter, so it's like, well, hold on. Um, should we be having something more? Should we be a twelve-month sport or a ten-month sport? Should we be working with baseball better? Like all these kind of big questions that I think we've hidden from for a little bit. Um, but we've got to understand where money is is in this globe, and and for WBSC, the money comes from the baseball. So um, somewhere we need to get in in, in on that um, yep. and figure out a way forward together. Um, we've got good young athletes that we can probably push. I mean, how cool would it be for for a young? Um, you know, uh, uh, Boogie um, Takawa or, uh, you know, Zah Wallace, you know, to be able to go over and, and play in the big leagues. And, yeah. and they're one of the one of the Kiwis. So, look, um, I think for too long um, we've sort of segregated ourselves with, with those guys and and they've had a, they, they had someone running their show over there that no one wanted to work with and I believe they've, they've cleaned that house now and they're working, looking to move forward. So... Uh, both sports have still got their, their challenges, but I think that, yeah, I just think there can be some kind of uh, coordination and, and collaboration between between the, the two sports for us to, to work together as a diamond sport moving forward. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, all, all those kind of big questions that uh, people don't want to ask, but if uh, all of a sudden the ex-Black Sox, uh, most capped, uh, most uh, games for the Black Sox player person steps up and says I think we should do this um, or at least look at it then yep. more people are willing to, to open their ears and, and have a listen to um, and I think that um, yeah as outside of the team I can do that um, but if I'm involved in the socks my job is to make the socks win and not worry about anything else so I think that's sort of yeah that's sort of what I was elaborating on of where, where I want to try and help out the sport outside of it um, yeah I've got some ideas to push um, but also, the biggest ideas that I have are basically asking questions of everyone else and getting everyone else to buy in. I mean, we need Christchurch to be better than what they are right now. It's, it's basically horrible down there. Um, uh, Wellington, Hutt Valley, they need to get, get on. It's, it's quite embarrassing to see two big associations of our four, of our four or five, yeah. they can't even really talk to each other, can't yeah. get sorted down there. So um all that kind of stuff like i'm not i'm not that guy that's going to hold off and not say that kind of stuff i'm going to say it um and 
I believe, and, and the guys I've talked to and the people I've talked to around the motu, around all the, the parks, they're all in the same agreement. It's just getting those um, people at the top just to, you know, just to realise it's a collaboration with, with what they can do and and, and to, to take it more of a, a business side of things, like, right, like we've got some good business people involved in our sport. Um, you know, I don't know if we're, we're, we're tapping those people into those resources enough of, of just how we, how we run ourselves and... Um, yeah, look, we're making good strides up here in Auckland. Um, Harbour's doing the, the, exactly the same kind of thing. They, I love what they're doing with their junior program and, and the people they're getting involved with that. That's, that's exactly what we want. But we need all those good sh- stories shared and we need somehow to be able to have that kind of forum or um, uh, app or, or, or some you know central sp- central cyberspace that we can all come together and go okay Auckland Softball did this last year for their fundraising this is what worked in Auckland okay Wellington did this this is how they got their their, uh, you know uh, sign off on their funding applications and all that kind of stuff I just think we need to share more and and not um, yeah just not hold intellectual property and hold property within ourselves and I think that's all not just with with in New Zealand but within the whole world right because if we're, we're at the moment um, you know, I know Canada has some really good training programs up there, and and some good skill development programs. And look, we should be trying to sh- share that, you know, around the world, and we should be trying to grab that. And I know there's um, there's a whole lot of initiatives going on around the world that every country is doing for their own, but there's no global, you know, as I said, centre cyber bloody meeting place where we can all get that sorted. I'm, I don't have all the answers. I've got a lot of questions, and I yep. think if we ask the right questions, we'll, we'll get closer to getting the right answers and yeah that's sort of um that's my push from well what i'm trying to do outside of the black Sox now i love the forward thinking uh nathan where uh, i see a goal you're looking to make more elite athletes that are that are internationally ready black Sox ready uh, athletes and a bigger pool of them but not just the athletes you're looking at the whole game how can the whole game be better here in new zealand and, and maybe tapping into like i said another code to, to be supportive of each other um to be to be more internationally recognized and, and i'm sure and you mentioned baseball they'd love to have just an inkling of the success that the black Sox have had uh internationally so uh you know what when that uh when that cyberspace is made or that that uh, that sit down has been, been called for and, and if you're part of it, I mean, I'd urge people to get involved, that's for sure. Yeah, well, so would I. Um, but I would urge people, first and foremost, just, you know, take some pride in what we're trying to do, and and, um, and especially in your association. And um, if you don't think things are right, step up. Like, you know, these crying from the sideline. Um, the, the, big, the big key for me, whenever I bring up an issue, I try and have a solution. Um, even if it's a couple of options, they might be the wrong solutions or they might not be agreeable, but... At least if I'm raising an issue, I'm going to also share some solutions that that I've been thinking about as well and, um, yeah, go from from there. So people out there, yeah, find the issues, find the solutions and ask the right questions for us to move our sport forward. But the question I would ask everyone out there is what should a season look like in New Zealand? Like how should it actually be structured? I mean, i.e., should Fastball 45 be in November? Um, You know, should should there be more draft teams involved? Would that create more... um, more, um, you know, uh, people in, in our sport. Like, there's going to be, yeah, there's going to be some things we're going to try and it's not going to work. Um, but there's going to be the odd thing that we'll try and it'll be a nugget and it'll, it'll carry on. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm very, very open to, to moving the sport forward and, 
and very open to, to doing things differently. I mean, if COVID has taught us anything, it's look, life, life is whatever you want to make of it. And we, that's what we've done this year um, with the Auckland competition. We've had a whole bunch of, of teams, players, coaches and clubs willing to work with each other just to put the best product out there. And that's why we're the envy of, 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 of softball in New Zealand as everyone looks up to Auckland and goes, we want what they're doing up there. Well, how we're doing it, we're working with each other. We're talking with each other. We're not hiding stuff. We're still battling in between the lines. Don't get it twisted. Come watch a, a Ramblers United game. You know that's not twiddlywinks. The boys seriously don't like each oh, other. Yeah. Between the diamond, but we walk off. We all try and work together on how we can move our sport forward. And yeah, and, and how we can get the most out of the sport that we love. Because, you know, we, while we're here, we might as well, you know, like instead of just mucking around with it, we might as well try and push and make the best of what we can. And there's going to be some people out there that are going to have some good nugget ideas. And as you touched on earlier with the Black Sox, should they be able to speak after a few years or after a few wins or whatnot? It's for softballers, if you're involved in softball, you should be able to talk now. And you've got you've got the, the options to talk with in your associations. And if we don't, and that's probably part of the issue, well, let's get that sorted. Let's yeah. get a way we can have good feedback and good um, understanding. Like, the key thing with, our, with us, with softballers, is transparency. Everyone will back you if, if you're going to be honest with them. If you try and hide and have secret school things in the back and then think, oh, yeah, it's special, they're going to they're gonna love it when I bring it out, and they don't, well, that's on you. But if, if you can be honest with the people from, the, from day dot, then they'll actually probably go, actually, we can also add this to that and add this to that, and all of a sudden you've got a better product. So, yeah, that's my, my challenge and my, um, my thoughts out to the, to the people out there. It's... It's up to all of us to, to push us forward, and um, I'm sure there's some great ideas out there. And obviously, not everyone's idea is going to work, but we need we need somehow to, to try and you know just move forward. We can do the same thing over and over and over again, and keep moaning about why we don't get team of the year, why we don't get c- coverage, why we don't get media coverage, why we don't get corporate sponsorship, or we could do something different. Yeah, and try and get all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Well, there you are. Kotene te wa, kore ladies and gentlemen. Now is the time. Talk to each other. Talk together. Be collaborative. And uh, under the leadership here, as you can see, of one of our great Golden Homes Black Sox, we have got some fun coming. We've got all-world selection coming up uh, before that. Before we get to the all-world selection, because uh, you, you've done a lot of great things in your time. Uh, but as, <laughs> as B-Man told us a couple of weeks ago, you're not too good on the scooter cars. What, what happened there, crashing into a convenience store? B-Man lying again. Nah, <laughs> 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 no, no, yeah, he, um, yeah, it's a great story. But, I mean, look, he, he definitely doesn't know how to drive a scooter. Um, <laughs> he said you would say it was his fault. It's a six-foot-four bloody juju lips driving a, <laughs> driving a bloody little scooter. I mean, the worst part about it, I can't even lie, because the worst part about it is I'd already crashed twice before we got to that point. Um, I'm not too great on a scooter. I tried to do a jump over a bloody um, bar and I accidentally revved it and it went flying out from underneath me. I landed and looked back and everyone came around the corner running after my, my bike. But a lot of us had a crash that, that one. But yeah, no, we were coming down, going towards the the, um, the hotel. We had to all get back to go to training. And um, yeah, B-Man cut me off. And to be fair, he cut me off. It was all good at, when he cut me off until I realised that I was driving straight into uh, intersection. And we had the red light. Oh. And the, the green lights are going, this is a major intersection. And I just froze. I didn't know where the brake was or anything. And I went like through in the intersection, pulled it, did a, big, a bit of a Yui into the side on the car park, uh, on the path. Yeah. And then bang into a shop. <laughs> to the shop, into this brick wall. And then I was, yeah, bang. We're all laughing about it, sort of thing. <laughs> Nothing sort of too damaged too much. I'm just thinking, oh, mum, this is going to cost you a little bit. Um, 
And then the shop owner comes out and it's these Asians. They come out and they are spewing and they're like, oh, my shop, $2,000. Oh, no. Honestly, it was a brick fucking wall. It had like the slightest little scratch on it. Anyway, because we sort of caused a kerfuffle and whatever, the cops show up. I don't know if he, Brad T. No, he didn't get that far. Yeah, that's how good he is. Thanks for cutting me off, bro. Meanwhile, everyone, like, I have to stay there. Everyone's going, going back to the hotel, grabbing all their gears, back onto the scooters, driving past me to go to training. <laughs> yeah. And they're all, like, beeping out. Beeping. I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, man, I'm, like, I'm in trouble. I'm not even going to make training in time. <laughs> the manager, Grant McCarroll, he come over and he's standing with me. The cops come in. The cops sort of come and take my statement. Da, 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 having a bit of a laugh. They go and talk to the Asian couple. The Asian couple, no, 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 question our thing. He, he knock over our sandwich board. He questioned the side of our building. And the cops look over, they're like, look, there's like a, a one centimetre little scratch on your building. Nah, he's not paying anything. The cops turn around tell me, go, you're off, sweet. Oh, beauty. Yeah, it was awesome, yeah. <laughs> that was that was a great story, Brad. Thanks for bringing that one up. <laughs> well, your time with the Sox and, and all your other teams, you must have some other good ones this year. Yeah, well, look, I could get Brad a million times in one, <laughs> but um, like uh, Brad's, first, Brad's first trip to, when he first made the side, um, we went down to a training camp. <clears throat> First time he'd ever made it. And it was also the first time he tried Burger King. I don't know if you heard this story. <laughs> no. So, yeah, we're heading down. We're driving down. Like, back in the days, good old big-budget Black Sox in our van down to, to Topol for a for, um, training camp. Um, bit more of a, like a, a meeting yep. sort of hash-out weekend. A lot of planning and stuff leading into the 2000 World Series. And, like, he'd only just been named, right? He was fresh off the boat. Yeah. Hadn't gone to anything. Got yep. named fresh. <laughs> He's in the van with us. We stop off at Burger King. Here's Burger King. And honestly, for the rest of the ride, he's just dropping bombs. <laughs> and Dean Rice, like, fuming the whole fucking way. He's just like, fucking fuck you, like, swearing bad, fuck you, bad. Hey, holly. So, hey, holly. So they started calling him hey, holly. For, like, for asshole. Hey, holly sauce. Hey, holly, yeah. But, yeah so, but we've obviously had some great trips. Um, um, there's one that stands out. Uh, I'm not going to go all the way into the details, but there was a, it was a great initiation done in, in Canada in 20. 17, yeah. 2017 um, uh, rookies did a great job on, on a beach in uh, in Canada, yeah. um, in Vancouver. A little uh, what do you what do you call those beaches? Those uh, those nude ones? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did a great I job. Knew you were going one. there. They did a great a job in that one. Oh, they had clothes on. Well, some clothes on. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that was that was a pretty good pretty good um, story. But now we've we've always got good stories and. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I heard Wayne talk about his euchre skills. He, he was a pretty good euchre player, but he was always fun to beat and everything else. Like, <laughs> he, he never really, he never really won much. Like he, I noticed, I noticed how the other week he tried to say, and then he stopped. And what he was going to say then? He was going to say rugby 08. and then he realised he's the worst at it. <laughs> say it. So there's a lot of things like that with with the boys. Like we, we've always, um, we always have our battles. Um, with the Black Sox, we always have our internal competitions yeah. over everything. I mean, sometimes, yeah, it's gone too far. I mean, I'm not sure if Mark told uh, uh, his story <laughs> about his doing his ankle when the boys jumped him in in, uh, in 04. <laughs> ah, 2000, actually, it was a 2000. He was walking by himself, ended up at the back. And we had two gangs back then, and the second gang sort of segregated him from the front guys, all his gang, and then once he turned around and realised that he was by himself, he tried to run, the boys all smoked him. He stood in a bloody <laughs> pothole and... Did his ankle, <laughs> and so he wasn't happy no. after that. But Imagine. yeah, we've got. I mean, there's there's, there's yeah. a million and one of those stories, and yep. um, yeah, uh, and that's all part of being part of the socks and 
and we have a great uh, time. The boys, um, look, we work hard, we play hard. Um, that is what it is. Fair enough, bud. Fair enough. All right, Damien, it's all world uh, selection time. All world, Nate. It's your turn. I, I know um, how you like to select a team with your coaching experience. So first up, Wayne. Yeah. Heine on the on, on the, the mound. Middle. Yeah. Of course, Heine Shannon. Next up, he's taking my pick straight away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Next up, we had B Man, who went center field. Yeah. With Larry, with Larry. At least B-Man was at centre field. Yeah. Someone's yeah. kidding themselves there. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 you've got a chance here to you can be the you're the coach you're the selector in this case, yeah. and you can pick anyone from New Zealand around the world. However you want to shape it, it's your pick. These guys Sorry. realise I was a player coach, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I was selecting myself a lot in these positions. But um, no 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 no, I won't pick myself there. But um, yeah, look, I've I've obviously had a had a bit of a think about it. Um, Look, I've, I've played with some great people around the world, and um, what I'd love to leave it as as a um, a New Zealand side. I'm not sure if that's the way it's heading, but I want to pick someone from from across the way. Um, so for my first baseman, I'm going to name Andrew Kirkpatrick. Um, the reason why I've got him as my first base is he can come in and be my second pitcher if I need him. Um, he's obviously one of our um, real strong hitters um, in our game. Uh, for for a pitcher, you know, a known pitcher. Um, He's got skills at first base. He's played there for Australia before. Um, won a world title. Um, yeah, one of our one of our greats in our game, I think. And um, I think it'd be remiss if he wasn't in an all world selection team and an A spot. I've seen that boy. Um, man, I've seen him do some great things. Uh, and the, the, the cool thing with Cheese is is I always say this, and, and sorry to the other Aussies that are out there, but I, I think he's he's the most Kiwi of any other <laughs> foreigner I know. He's He's a, he's a guy that, he's, he's really down to earth. A lot of the other Aussie guys are quite lippy um, people, um, or teethy people, some of them. <laughs> 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 but um, but no, he's, um, no, Cheese is a great friend of mine, and um, yeah, I, I, I always love um, taking the diamond with that with that fella, and if I was to, to see a team to represent our world against um, Mars or someone, then I'd like Cheese to be on that team, so that's my selection. Nice. There you go. There Always you go. with the coach's hat on, just in case I need another pitcher to come. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, the first one they picked, I'm like, two strikes, we're swinging. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, ladies and gentlemen. The Beyond the Dugout, all-world selection from Nathan Nukunuku. He picks first baseman, all the way from Australia, Andrew Kirkpatrick, officially known as G. So congratulations, uh, Andrew Kirkpatrick, on that one. Uh, Nathan, uh, before we get into uh, thanking you for, for coming along today, mate, it's been a real treat uh, to have you along. Coming up next week is the boss of Softball New Zealand, and with some of your cordial today, uh, probably a guy you've got on speed dial right now, Tony Giles. What's your thoughts on him? Yeah, Tony's doing a great job for our sport. I mean, since he's come in, uh, it's been chalk and cheese uh, from the last sort of um, organisation. Uh, yeah, I've got nothing but but nothing but good respect for Tony. Uh, he he does listen to to things that go back to him, but he's still got to run a sport at the same time. So he's not beholden to me or, or, or um, like anything I've got to say. Uh, but he is willing to listen. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll be int- really interested to see uh, what he's got to say and. You're really keen for you guys to pass on some feedback of mine to them and then uh, and get some questions and, and some feedback from, from the people out there if they're keen to see the same kind of things happen or have some great ideas to put to them. I'm, yeah, look, he, I'm sure his main focus right now is trying to get a World Series 
uh, a softball world series up and running next yep. next year. Yep. Like, I don't think there'd be too much that he'll be mucking around with outside of that. So possibly not this season is the greatest season to push a lot of those things. But if we've got the the groundwork going, then um, I'm sure he's going to be a guy that will definitely push us forward. Uh, he's definitely someone who's brought in the corporate sponsorship. Um, he's pushed softball forward, uh, and you know, nothing but respect and and got to thank him for everything he's done. And, I, and I've always done that, and I'll and I'll take the chance now to thank him. Ah, fantastic. CEO of Sopple New Zealand, Tony Giles, up next week. Well, uh, Nathan, um, I mean, I, I can't say on behalf of everyone in the country, but I can only say on behalf of myself. I mean, you're, you're a true legend of our sport. You're going to go down as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, that has played the game here in New Zealand. You know, over 200 games for our, our great national side and 143 official Test caps, we talked about a 327 batting average, career batting average over a 20-year span. You've won everything, mate, when it comes across the board. I look at this stat sheet I've got in front of me, and there's every single age group. And then when you've got to the top of the shop, provincially, club-wise, you've been dominant, and you've been a treat to watch. And I can't wait to see what you're going to do in this coaching realm. I know you're still playing here domestically in the ICs. There's got to be a couple more war worlds in you for sure. Boy, oh boy, what a treat. Thank you so much. No, thanks, Jason, and thanks, Damien. And like I said to both of you guys, mate, thanks for everything you guys have been doing for our sport. Um, yeah, like we didn't have this a couple of years ago, Chop, even the, even the, the broadcasting, uh, the um, streaming and that. So everything you guys are doing – yeah, mate, anything, anything I can do to help you guys, just just ask out. And, and for the people out there, yeah, have, I'm glad um, I got a chance to come down here and, and drop some knowledge. And if there's anything um, you guys have heard that you like, then give feedback to the show and let the boys know. And uh, maybe we'll see you again soon. Awesome. I'll put him on the colour commentary for the next tournament, for sure. <laughs> he's going to stop playing first. <laughs> yeah, true that, true that. Well, you know he's destined for a number Hall of Fames. Can't wait for that as well. Nathan Nukunuku, Black Sox legend, most capped player in the 200 club. He's the only one. Nathan Nukunuku, here from Auckland, originally from Flaxmere, the young Māori boy. Boy, he came in young. He started early, but he's finishing on top, and he just continues to do that. Nathan Nukunuku, thank you so much. Nice job. Thank you, bro. Oh, buddy, Nathan Nukunuku, man, what do you say? What do you say? One of the greats, that's what you say. Um, mate, just sitting here, I've got, like, watching him and listening to him throughout all the years, but actually sitting here and, and taking it on, one of the greats. He's like an encyclopedia, though, isn't he? You know, he's not just happy to play the game. It's the way he thinks about the game is the true difference. Well, I mentioned a student of the game, you know, like he, he um, has studied, he's been, <laughs> he's been around since early days uh, and he's he's taken all those little bits of of the game and and put it into his arsenal and he just studies it he watches everything he he takes note of everything and um that's just what makes him the the ball player that he was the interesting thing i've got with nathan looking at mate normally at the end of their career we, we you know we talk about uh, you know what's going to happen with the hall of fame you know what you know what the thing for me with nathan looking is what's next mm. Yeah, no, he's um he was pretty passionate in his playing days about what's next for for our great game. Um, I've heard him around the traps the last couple of years, or you know, be a team talk sometimes. But the the way he he puts things across, you know, you just want to follow him. And where where can I sign up? What what can I do? And I just love that. That's his passion is to further our game um at, through all levels. Well, pretty outstanding, Nathan. Look at look at Holmes, a Black Sox superstar, won everything domestically 
and won it all around the world and he's still got more to give. Boy, I can't wait. Episode 7 is in the can here for Friday Drive Time on the 28th of May. But coming up next Friday on the 4th of June will be the boss. The boss, the boss is in the house. It's the boss, mate. Um, yeah, no, he's a, he's a good good man, Tony. I'll say that uh, now. <laughs> no, no, no. He's one of the best. Like, gave me my first shot at a World Champs, you know, to, to announce an MC, that junior one in Palmy last year. And he's just, um, I appreciate all the opportunities he's given me. But personally, um, as a softballer, you know, I, I just, what, what he's done with the game at that top of the table over the last few years has just been outstanding. Well Nathan touched on it in his interview didn't he that uh, the CEO of Sopra New Zealand Tony Giles has been a difference maker since he's been here and long may he stay in my mind he's got a big year coming up with the uh, with the World Cup we're looking to talk, looking forward to talking to him about the developments with the World Cup coming up next year can't wait for that stay tuned for episode 8 coming up next week on Beyond the Dugout 4th of June coming up next week it's drive time, 6 p.m. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Beyond the Dugout. We'll see you all next week. See you. Beyond the Dugout. Listen up, man, we run out. Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out. Picture on the mound like you don't want to face this. Hit it so hard, you'll be running around the bases. Do it for your teammates. Do it for the fam. Do it for your city. True ballers understand. You got to work together. You got to find a way. Put your body on the line and make that play. Beyond the Dugout. Lace them up and we run out Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this Hit it so hard, you be running around the face Beyond the dugout Beyond the dugout Beyond the dugout Beyond the dugout